This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and you are feasting your ears on the Busted Wide Open podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 226. Still laughing at the meme I made Friday of Nia Jax twerking. I got you all! <laughs> My name is Nick Howell. And totally prepared after this week to call Sonia Deville daddy. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome, welcome to the show. Some some sad news today, Nick. Some sad news. Johnny B. Bad passed away, and I'm kind of I'm kind of hurt inside. Johnny 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 B. Bad H- who passed pa- Johnny B. Bad passed away. Mark Miro. You, you know, mean Johnny. Little Richard? Oh, is that who passed away? Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, sorry about that. Little Richard, yes, the uh, the man who played WrestleMania 10 passed away. Excuse my, my little joke there. Sorry. Mark Miro, still very much alive. Uh, and Johnny B. Bad, still a great gimmick. Welcome to the show. We have so much to get to today because we are going home to Money in the Bank, which is tomorrow. Oh, God, it's already it's already time, Nick. It's already time for, yep. for Money in the Bank, your favorite pay-per-view. It's my favorite it's pay-per-view. T- Absolutely. It's tomorrow. It's oh, guaranteed God. ladder matches. That's why it's the favorite. <laughs> it's guaranteed something. I don't yes. know what we're going to see tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to be something. It's either <laughs> going to be really good or really, really bad. And I, I am fascinated to see either one. Uh, but we also have to talk about AEW, who are starting to. They're they're gearing up for double or nothing. They're starting to put matches together for that. And uh, NXT had a couple of title matches this week. So much, much, much to discuss, Nick. Yes. But you know what? Before we can do that, let's do some housekeeping. And then we'll get into the show. Yes, as always, guys, head over to Facebook. Join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. You can like our page. Send us a join request to get you right in with the rest of the phenomenal ones for some fun memes, hot news stories, all kinds of good stuff happening over there. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. And right here, YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open, where we stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, as well as our patron mailbag series, which we'll do immediately after this show uh, around 5-ish 
Eastern as soon as we're done with this one. Swap right over and do that one. To get your questions in for the patron mailbag, you must be at least a $5 patron. And to get into that, patreon.com slash BWO. Get access to all kinds of exclusives. It is the best way to support the show. Uh, you get access to bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff at the higher tiers. It's over at patreon.com slash BWO. Ian, I have to say, for the first time in a long time, in a long time, mm. I had an absolute blast on Wednesday night for Good. both shows. And it's been a long Good. time since I've been able to say that. So let's kick over and talk about what went down, starting with All Elite Wrestling. Oh my God. What did we see on Wednesday night? Um, it was glorious. I... I I mean, recency bias, but I've kind of got to say, was this the best match of the no crowd era? Nick, easily. easily. This, well, this, that's if we're including WrestleMania, Boneyard, uh, and Firefly Funhouse, I'm going to go that way. Best live match. How about that? This, there was a Falls Count Anywhere street fight to close out AEW Dynamite this week between uh, Les Sex Gods with. <laughs> Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy, who went back and forth between being Matt Hardy and broken Matt Hardy, a.k.a. Damascus, uh, in this match. It took getting locked was, into a freezer to bring to, to break him, to bring, to bring, out, bring yeah, Damascus to, out. <laughs> right. Which is strange, because supposedly he can teleport. Makes no but sense, but who cares? It was, a, it was a lot of fun. I, yeah, I, I was happy to throw logic out the window yep. and just engage in the absolute insanity uh, Nick, do you remember how fun hardcore matches used to be back in the day in WWE where they were just like the kitchen sink, literally the kitchen sink would come out and they would just do all kinds of insane stunts and like props and, uh, dudes would be coming out of nowhere with just like the craziest moves. Like that's what this was. This was 20 minutes of just absolute insanity. It started in the ring, uh, and it was fun there for a second. But then it very quickly went to the back, and they're they're at Daly's place. They're on one end of the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. Right. So there's a lot for them to play with, and they played with a lot, as you said: ice machines, ATMs, uh, scissor lifts, golf carts. Yeah. At one I, point, I, broken Matt Hardy or Damascus commandeers a golf cart and begins to have Kenny Omega riding shotgun as they mow down Jericho and Sammy Guevara in one of the hardest bumps <laughs> I've seen in recent memory. And I, when it happened, I went, ow! It was one of, oh, God! He, he took, oh, God! Sammy's right, dead! They hit, killed him! I have to say, Sammy took that bump from that golf cart about as perfectly as you could take it. He elevated himself, he, he, he protected his face, bounced off like he didn't he didn't bounce off the the uh the front of it he bounced off the glass the windshield the vertical windshield on the corner so it was basically like you know if someone was going to run at you and give you like a running elbow yeah. how you would sell that where you basically just you know put your hands up to catch the elbow and use that momentum to twist your body around he just did that with the golf cart and it looked like he absolutely got demolished and it was it's been the gif of the week the meme of the week is Sammy Guevara running from the damn golf cart, Kenny leaning out and going, Aah! and, you know, Matt Hardy behind the wheel going, Hee! and Sammy Guevara going, ah! 
<laughs> running had, and then had he snapped. had he propellered two or three oh. times, I, that would have been the only way it could have been any better in my my opinion. But I don't. Good this lord, was much, it was this fantastic. Pretty much perfect. But you um, also had. I mean, lest we lest we like get focused on that. You had you had Omega doing, uh, you know, a, a moonsault off of a scissor lift, an elevated scissor lift. Uh, Jericho or, or uh, Matt Hardy getting double power bombed. At one point, uh, the ATM was was a great gag where they they Sammy bashes Kenny Omega's head into an ATM. Cash starts coming out, and Sammy starts pocketing the cash. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho grabs a traffic cone at one point, turns into the camera with it on his head, and goes <laughs> like a witch, and then hits Kenny with it. What was what? 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 Amazing! Absolutely insane. Oh, I want to say AEW. In my opinion, overall, I think they finally cracked the code with the no audience thing. We've seen variations of this having some wrestlers and superstars outside the barricades around the ring, but. I have to say, I didn't notice the lack of a crowd in this episode of Dynamite this week. It it wasn't as blatantly obvious as it has been in the past. Um, I, I noticed it a couple of times, but the, they've been getting more people in there and because they're now here in Daly's Place. They had a lot more staff, like or just randoms in the first few rows of the crowd, really spread out. But you got a good noise, like you got reactions yep. to moves. And in this, except the air horn, no no more air horn. Cody, oh, Sean please. Spears. Sean Spears yeah. with the air horn. That's no. heel work. That's heel stuff right there. It, I, 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 I dug it. I dug it. <laughs> but it did. It added a little bit of ambiance. And compared to every other product that's out there right, that's out there right now that's still shooting, still filming, uh, it's a welcome change just to get some sort of reaction. Um, but, of course, this match worked better in that because we're used to not having a crowd back there during these big scrums, uh, these big chaotic, chaotic scrums. So this actually worked really well for this. And it was just entertaining AF. And yep. ultimately, um, Kenny Omega does get powerbombed onto the golf cart and then eats a Judas effect and is pinned by Jericho, which was an interesting way to end the match. Uh, and then the inner circle poses in front of the football field, all flipping off the camera for the show to go to black. That was a great image. I thought it was... I, I'm, I know, Nick, that I said I had some hesitations about the inner circle being goofy with their TikTok videos and whatever with the the bubbly bunch um and that it was making them look like too much fun but they brought it back around here looking like they could brawl like they were vicious but still like keeping that fun aspect of themselves I thought this was a great way to kind of put two and two together yes they can win matches yes they'll beat your ass but they're going to have fun doing it and we're going to have fun watching them yep my only critique of so. this is um, thank you for reminding me how much I miss sports by walking by closing on an empty stadium. Um, that that's <laughs> that's when they when they came out of the ramp, the entryway into the the Jaguar Stadium, you could see all of that. I get the idea of putting the shot up on the the jumbotron of the logo, but it was a giant empty arena, and I swear if we don't get football at Labor Day. Uh, uh, after losing hockey, <laughs> hockey playoffs, baseball, and now we won't give – listen, I, I'm going to write a very, very angry letter. So I, <laughs> who? I, I, I who? don't I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Bud Selig. Santa who, Claus. Who knows? You know, I, I, Santa Claus, sure. Um, no, Where's that, my this, football, Santa? Th this was fantastic in my opinion. It was just a lot of fun. Didn't miss a beat. Kept going. Never really stalled. 
from the ring all the way out to the end, it basically in the football on the football field. Uh, it's just perfect. I absolutely love this, and it was a fantastic way to close out what had already been a pretty pretty baller show. So excited to talk about the rest of it. Excited to talk about NXT. As I said at the top here, guys, this is one of my most enjoyable Wednesday nights that I've had in a very, very long time. And I, there were a couple of times I even rewound and watched several things. I think I rewatched that Sammy Guevara golf cart hit bump about three, four times. <laughs> so Easily. Easily. Yeah. I've watched it so many times, it's ridiculous. I also watched um, a couple of times the Lance Archer match. Uh, Lance Archer versus QT Marshall as a little get back for last week when, uh, when he murdered Dustin Rhodes and QT was there trying to throw in the towel. Well, this week, Lance Archer had QT. And QT, oh, oh, QT, he tried. Uh, he tried, but, of course, Lance is Lance, and they've done a fantastic job of building up Lance as being a star, frankly, as being a star and as being an unstoppable beast. Uh, monster beast, I guess, is taken. But uh, this was interesting. So you had Jake the Snake also ringside, and you also had Brandy ringside. And before this match, Brandy gave a, a promo talking about how, oh, yeah, Jake, you've said these things to me. You've, you've called me Delilah, and you've called me uh, Cleopatra. You called me Monica. That was nice. <laughs> uh, I don't appreciate that. You know, my mom always used to, said, used to say, don't talk about someone like you know them uh, or to beat your ass or whatever. Basically, the long and the short of it was she was mad at Jake the Snake, and if Jake tried anything, she was going to show him what's what. Well, that's not how it went down. And frankly, I wasn't, is it another Brandy promo where I wasn't really sold? She didn't have a really good punchline at the end. You know what I mean, Nick? Yeah. No, well, like listen, this is, this is kind of the version of Brandy I like. I like, I like her having yeah. her man's back. Um, the whole crazy yeah. shit they were doing with the nightmare thing before with her yeah. and Awesome Kong never really hit no. first base. And the, this, this is, for some reason, I really like, Cody Brandy's been by Cody's side ever since, right? It's been the pair of them as they hit the Indies, uh, NWA sure. run, all of that, and leading all the way up to AEW. It's it's been Cody and Brandy Rhodes as a trick way for him to still be able to say his name is Cody Rhodes. But right. I, when they split them off, I, it never really made sense to me. So this, her having her man's back, and and. and Given the old one-two to Jake Roberts, I, I'm I loved this. I loved this as a promo in a video package. I liked it in theory. I liked it in theory, but the problem was is the execution, and that was when we actually got to the match itself. Is that we had um, we had her there, and at one point, Britt Baker ringside hits QT Marshall in the head with a shoe, kind of her new thing, and I dig it. Yeah. Uh, and Brandy grabs a shoe and hucks it into the audience. Britt later hops the fence, gives her a DDT, and then awkwardly rolls her into the ring. And then Jake gets in the ring and puts the snake on her. And I'm not going to... Here's the thing. I, I, they built this up where Brandy's like, if you try anything, I'll, I'll take you out. And then she wasn't on the lookout for Britt Baker. Maybe they're starting something there. I wouldn't be mad at that. Or they're just establishing the Brits, you know, evil, fine. Um, but after all that talk, Jake didn't even have to do anything. And Brandy was just offered up to him. And... He honestly also, to Jake's credit, he made this about as uncomfortable as possible without getting like all the way to exploitative or gross. 
He just made it uncomfortable. I don't know. Like straddling he, and like doing, getting into a planking position over the top of her like he was going to start humping her. He planked, but he did not, did he? He, he didn't start he, humping. Yeah, that would have been the line from oh. that. That would have been where I was like, oh, that's no, too far, Jake. That's it, it was already he got too right gross. at that point. He got right at that point where you're like, ah, I, but it wasn't. Throw, it wasn't throwing like, the snake oh, okay. on there was that's enough. Dragging the snake over her body was enough. He did not need to mount her. <laughs> As you said, he planked. I wouldn't call it a full-on mount. The intention he was very He straddled her. He clear. mounted her like a saddle. <laughs> he did over the line, in my opinion. Oh. A little bit much. I'm not right. there to see Jake creep on Brandy. We were supposed to be grossed out by the snake. And Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. It got, Nick, it got to the point where you and I can argue if it was too far. That, to me, is just you're poking that line. And for some people, you're poking a little too much. For some people, it's not enough. But you're, you're hitting it. Yeah. To me, that's the sweet spot. Yep. Okay? Yep. He's making people uncomfortable. That's the point. He's supposed to. You're getting that heel heat. That's the perfect amount, where it's not your people aren't like, okay, I'm turning this off. This is just too much. But they're uncomfortable and they want to see what happens. They want him to get his, and they want his boy Lance to get his. But how? Because Lance is killing people. He killed QT. He did the same thing where he gave him the claw and smashed his head into the ground a few times. Like they're building up this guy to be like QT. Every you get in some offense. Lance would would eat the offense, take it like just enough, just enough offense, and then Lance would take back over. It was a good pace to the match. It was this was well done all around. I think it's just the the Brandy thing was a little awkward. The her setup for it, not not the Jake the Snake putting the snake on her. I'm you know me, Nick. I'm always down to watch Jake lay out a snake. Yeah, like that's that's my that's my dude. That's that's what I'm here for. I'm here for Jake to throw a snake on somebody. As long as it's not Dean Ambrose and he doesn't crack up. Right. Um, but, yeah, so that was – I was digging this. A couple of Super Chats. i got to call out real quick. Andrew England sent two ninety nine through the Super Chat. Said, let's get the tip train rolling. Thank you very much, Andrew. And Thank Marshall you very much. said, uh, with $2 in the Super Chat, said, she's going to smell like vodka and cigarettes for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she doesn't uh, because that would mean he's drinking again, and that would be yeah. very bad. Yeah, I think he's he's off smoking too. No, he's still smoking. I guess I, you know, the irony of him walking out with a face covering on, with a mask on, and then getting in the ring with <laughs> other performers and not having it on is not lost right. on me either. Like, what's the point? But, but he looked yeah. he looked nice and creepy with his on. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess the last thing here we got to talk about is uh, next week, Cody Lance Archer. Oh, sorry, no, that's a double or nothing Cody Lance Archer right. is the finals. Um, Memorial Day, a couple, what, three weeks. Do we think Do we think that they're actually going to let Cody put Lance Archer over here? Uh, I'm not sure if Dog Ziggler is agreeing with you or not, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Dog Ziggler is furious. He's furious that uh, Brandy got snaked. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a fan of Jake. Yeah, unfortunately, no, but nobody is really. What was your question again? I missed it. I was just saying, should Cody go over? At this point, looking at the two of them, should no. Cody beat Lance to get to? Because again, no. to get to get back at all of this stuff, like can Co- Cody has been the babyface that always you know gets to that big match and then loses. Like Wardlow's the only one he's won, right? Yeah, he, so he he's chasing this chasing these dragons, and then the dragon gets him, and he's beaten back down. Should this be another example of that, or does Cody need to win? No, uh, Lance absolutely needs to win this because then whoever takes it off of him, even if it is Cody down the road, gets that much more of a rub, in my opinion. I, listen, it's it's about the outcomes of each of them if if they lose. Cody will be fine. 
Lance, what do you do with him if he can't beat Cody Rhodes? I, I, you've, you've set him up to basically be able to murder anybody, and now he can't beat Cody. I, I, it just doesn't make no sense. I just wonder if there's some sort of like schmaz finish or something. I, at the end of the day, I agree. Lance Archer should win this. Uh, that's what makes the most sense to me. But I'm worried that they're building up so much stuff here with Cody and everybody else that they're going to have that be the payoff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm worried about that. Uh, but we shall see. Speaking of Cody, he had a match with Joey Janela. It was a fun little match. But uh, yeah, they were putting over the fact that Joey's won a few matches lately. But here he is, you know, prime spot on TV losing again. And I could see how the perception would be. And they're try- I mean, the fact that they're trying to dissuade us from that perception, I think, speaks volumes. But the perception is becoming Joey's just kind of there. He's, a, he's like a mid-card dude. He's a lower mid-card. He doesn't win matches. Um, he doesn't win anything. He doesn't really do anything. Is that the feeling you're getting about Joey Janela at this point? I don't know what to feel about Joey Janela is, is other than, you know, he's a guy that, what's the phrase we've been using recently? He's a good hand. You know, he's, <sighs> he, he puts on some good matches. He, I liked the stuff we saw early on in the Dynamite run with him and Havoc doing hardcore matches and no DQ matches and things like that. And early Moxley stuff would get in, in Kenny Omega. And like, I liked that, that we were leading towards some kind of hardcore atmosphere or division or mm. something like that and that's what i had hopes for with joey but it's more just evolved into him just being a good worker yeah so, and he is he's a good he, he's this fantastic. was a fun match um but ultimately cody just beats him straight up you know gives him the crossroads and that's that so you know and and again this felt to me like what what they would call a momentum match yeah. you know, if we were in the wwe it exists just to give cody a little bit of momentum going forward same thing uh, with the Archer and QT match, except they were building actual story. There was more story in that segment than the whole rest of the show. Building up story between, uh, you know, QT had beef because he took out Dustin and Archer's gunning for Cody, but then they're also kind of like getting at his wife. And then, you know, Brandy and, and um, Britt Baker had some issues. Like there was so much story going on there. Here in this match, nothing. We had nothing here. Yeah. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, another place on the show, we did have some some story get going, though. John Moxley was back, and he had a match versus Kazarian from SCU. Getting a little singles action from Kazarian. And uh, they, damn, they were they were hitting each other. This was a nice, just, it was a really, I, I liked this match a lot. If it wasn't for the, um, the main event, this might have been my match of the show. Because this was just, I, just, I felt like these guys were out there on the complete same page, great chemistry, just laying in their shit. And it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, as you'd expect, and, and the finish was great too, where it just Moxley happened to, you know, be in the right place at the right time, caught Kazarian in a, 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 a paradigm shift, and that was it. This, this is um, one of those situations to me where it had absolutely nothing to do um, with the, the match itself. It was all about the setup for what was going to happen afterwards. So we needed to get, you know, we ended up having Dark Order do a run-in after the match to attack uh, Kazarian and Moxley. And then um, we ended up having Christopher Daniels come in, get involved, and then we ended up having Brody Lee come out and end up beating down John Moxley. So for me, all of this was nothing really to do with Moxley. 
It was to do with setting up Dark Order and SCU uh, in, in some kind of tag feud. And yeah, out of the side of it, are we going to get Brody Lee and John Moxley? It, it, it would appear that way. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't that think was, this yeah. match made no sense from the start. But it was one of those where you're like, all right, I'll, I'll go oh, with I, it. It made in the sense in the sense that it looks like STU is, and the commentary called this out too, they're they're dipping their toes into the ideas of singles competition. And and I like the fact that they explain tag teams as, you know, you can be like QT Marshall and Dustin are singles guys that happen to be in a tag team together. You can do both. You can be a singles wrestler and a tag team wrestler in AEW. I like that they define it that way. It makes it a lot easier when they do stuff like this or when they pair singles wrestlers together, which in any other situation makes you insane. But here they've actually got a basis for it in storyline and in the way they've set up the company. Great. Yeah. But now you can get guys like Kazarian, like Scorpio Sky, like Chris Daniels, who are incredibly talented singles guys as well, out and give them matches like this where you know they're not going to beat Kazarian's not going to beat John Moxley. No. But at the end of it, you go, damn, dude can work. It's doing wonders for Scorpio Sky. Did wonders for him. Yep. And this might have been a different case if this had been in front of a crowd. Yeah, giving Scorpio um, Sky that match with Jericho early, early days oh, of Dynamite. Shoot. Just to the moon, Alice. To the moon. That was huge for him. A uh, couple of know. Super Chats I got to call out real quick. Esme, yeah. 10 bucks in the Super Chat. Uh, say in the chats. We're gonna listen. I think there might be something with the ad thing, so I turned that off completely. We'll, uh, we'll see yeah, if my, that fixes it. My chat is completely not working over here whatsoever, yeah, so I'm, I can't I'm see not, any guys. It's not something I, I have control of, guys, but uh, just bear with us. We'll work through it. Uh, also, Line Drive with 499, the super chat. Oh, by the way, thank you, Esme, for the 10 bucks. Thank you. Uh, Line Drive with 499 said, did Brody get some of Vince's suits as severance on his way out, or did he just raid the boss's closet without him realizing it? I, yeah, it, the suits are not good. They're, they look like stuff from a 1980s insurance salesman. Maybe that's kind of the <laughs> point. <laughs> Maybe that is kind of the point, but it's not gelling yet. Dark Order has not gelled for me yet. I, I agree with you. And having them be Moxley's next opponents, having Brody Lee be his next opponent, is that's a questionable decision to me. Because what are your outcomes here? You know, Brody doesn't come away with that title. You know, Dark Order was looking bad until he came along, and then now they're supposed to be reinvigorated. Uh, because he, the leader is there, and they haven't really been. You know, okay, they're gunning for the biggest guy, great, but now what? If you gun for him and you don't take him down, then what are you? You know, you're another, that's another example of a false prophet situation. So, yep. yeah. And it's, and it's they, been the whole reason why I've said this entire time, Keep the big guy as the final boss. Why is he out yeah. here? Why is why is Brody Lee out here every single week? He should have appeared. He should have come in and murdered somebody and wiped. He should have pulled a stone cold and emptied the ring and then just walked out and left, and we never saw him yeah. again until it was time for him. And, and maybe because I don't know what uh, Evil Uno and Stu's deals are. I don't know if they can't be there, but they definitely should be like the first line. Yep. That you have to go through the generals. And they should then they should be powered up more. Yep. If if this is a faction that we're supposed to be intimidated by, right now, eh, half these guys can't even stomp guys correctly. Right. <laughs> you know. Um. So I, I'm looking at this and saying, right now, that, like if they do this, I kind of feel like Brody's got to win the title, but that's really soon to be taking the title off of Moxley. So. Yeah, to me, this is this is a this is a misstep. Big time. This is absolutely a misstep. Um, 
and the way that they've been doing Dark Orders in general has not exactly clicked. Yeah. I don't feel. I, I feel like MJF was next in line for this, and I'm a little concerned and confused. Uh, MJF, Moxley, you could have run a program with those two guys for three months plus before ever getting to an actual title match, just having them cut promos on each other. and It would have been brilliant. Why we're fast-tracking this Dark Order thing all of a sudden when we took six, four months, five months to build up to the Exalted One? But we, he's here for three weeks, and he's got a title opportunity after squashing two jobbers. That's where, that's where it start, I started just... Well, he's okay. they established that. I mean, he, they stomped Moxley, and they said, we're calling in the bounty that you put on your own head. And Moxley, you know, while being beat up, just going, dude, all you had to do was ask. So, you know, Moxley's here saying, I'll, I'll give a title opportunity to anybody. So it's not even... Again, they're supposed to be a, a quote-unquote sports company, and that's not very sporting. No. But anyway, so that's, that's an interesting... I, I'm not. I'm not entirely on board. We'll see. Yeah. A few more things on AEW. We got to get going here, Nick, because we have much. We have a. We have a lot of show to go to. Yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose reestablishing that she is the AEW Women's Champ and a beast. Uh, destroyed poor Kenzie Page. Uh, didn't even. Didn't even let her pin her. She picked her back up and just to cause more damage because all the women in the in the women's division were ringside. You had Britt Baker out there, Chris Statlander. Uh, Hikaru Shida, everyone who the commentary was calling out as being potential uh, potentials for challenging Nyla for the championship. Uh, Penelope Ford as well. So Nyla out here making an example and saying, come and get me, essentially. And we're having, I believe, a fatal four-way next week between those four women I mentioned um, with number one contendership ramifications from what I understand. So this is a way to set that up. Um, who do we had, you we think? had a little spot with Chris Statlander off as well, uh, ringside, that was interesting. And I kind of went, huh. That Sheeta has had her opportunity somewhat. Not really, no, though. Statlander. Statlander's the only one that had her opportunity against Nyla. I feel like, I feel like Statlander might be getting another one. You think? Yep. Mm, I think they botched I don't the know. first one. They absolutely did. I think it's. I think Sheeta has been given a very strong push. They even did a little video package about all the, all the different contenders. Yep. Uh, Penelope Ford. Like, there's a few different ones I could see it being. I mean, Brandy's gone back to Cody. Britt Baker is full heel. Doctor Dentist again, yeah. doing her thing. She's not that. That those two are out for me. So now it really comes down to who's going to be the face to go against the monster Nyla Rose, and it's it's either going to be Sheeta or Statlander, to me. That's. It, but I, I think there's more to do with Statlander, frankly, and it's it's a shame because I love Hikaru Shida and mm-hmm. her in. But I just I don't get her thing. <laughs> okay. Like it, it's badass she, Japanese wrestler. What do you need? Sure, sure, sure. Better than better than sort of alien weird chick. I don't know. Um, you know I'm not sold on Statlander either. Yeah. All right, MJF, MJF. Uh, was is back. He cut a promo in front of a green screen sitting on a chair saying that he's re- ready to come back and reclaim his throne. He says as he stands up and they replace behind him with a throne. He'll be back in action next week and he's also going to be facing Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing. That was also announced. Interesting. wonder if that's a long time. I like the fact that that's kind of like a, a, a long-term feud they're building in AEW where like the two youngest kind of big stars yeah. uh, that, that are not named Sammy Guevara have kind of like an ongoing beef like they just don't like each other 
and they always put on good matches, so I'm down for that. Yep. Uh, Sean Spears had a little promo. He's still mad at Cody. I'm wondering what their long-term thing is here. Like, is Sean just around, and so we're giving him something to do because we need to fill time? Or is there a plan with Sean Spears here? Why is he always? Why is he still sniping at Cody? Why is this still a thing? What's I, our long term? I like this one though. I, I like that he was I taking like digs just, here, right? I like that I, he yeah. was going. You know what the difference is, Cody? Is that you had the towel. You could have saved your brother, but you didn't. And I, I'm sitting here going, you know, it's, he's making a lot of sense here. Um, yeah. So maybe we're not done with Cody and Sean Spears. Maybe Lance Archer Archer does murder Cody in the final at double or nothing to win the TNT championship. And then we, we go back to a program with Sean Spears with the chairman and Cody. So I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I, I actually think that could work out really well. And meanwhile, meanwhile, while Cody is finished getting finished with Lance Archer and going through this tournament, you've got Sean just taking pot shots, squirting sirens, right. being a dick. But at some right? point, at some point, Sean has to win. Agreed. He has to win. All right. So while so while is it? Meanwhile, Taz is interviewing Darby Allen, who is beside himself after losing to Cody again. Oh, poor troubled Darby Allen. He's so so angry. Troubled he's so and dejected. So much, and moody. so much so much angst. <laughs> and uh, he won't answer Taz's question. So Taz says, "Look, dude, you got some holes in your game. Let me train you. I can help you fix them." And Darby just like. Storms off in a huff. How, how dare you? Yeah. Um, Taz with Darby Allen, though. You have my damn attention. Y'all. If you put Taz with Darby and say, Taz is managing him, he's fixing the holes in his game, and then you go give Darby a push because, you know, he's got Taz helping him now, uh, that's a ticket I'll buy. Yep. All day. I'll go for that. Yeah. All day. So. I, I, and I like it's another one of the pairings. Sean Spears with Tully, uh, yep. Cody with Arn, Lance Archer with Jake, Darby with Taz. I love this idea of pairing legends with sort of up-and-comers, right? I think QT it's Marshall with Dustin. Sure, yes. <laughs> uh, not not in Guevara, the same vein, but... Sammy Guevara with Chris Jericho. Right. No, I, I get, I, I'm being silly, but I guess you're saying. It's really smart. Yeah, I like it too, and I think this would be a uh, this would be a very interesting pairing. It pulls indeed. on the heartstrings of the lapsed fans from a bygone era, as well as introduce you to. It's very very clever, and I, well, I really appreciate remember, what they're doing with it. Remember when the Hardys first came out in WWE it was with Michael P. S. Hayes. Yep. You know when we when they first started. Uh, I thought uh, you were going to say Terry Reynolds, but it, Rick Rude. I, <laughs> well. But that's again my point. Like this is this is a tried and true tactic: is put the young guys with the old guys right. and make that connection. And I, it's, again, it works. Yep. Do it. Yep. So, well, that was AEW, Nick. But uh, plenty more to discuss. We had a couple of championship matches over on NXT. Well, before we get started with NXT, a couple of super chats I got to catch up on. Esme with two bucks says, Runaway mm. Train, not just a great movie. Um, I'm going to give you Midnight Run instead of Runaway Train. Uh, thank you very much for the two good, bucks. Good, uh, good, good song, too, by um, yeah. uh, Soul, uh, Soul Asylum. Asylum. Yep. Uh, yep. Also, Line Drive with a 499 super chat says, I'm confused by this Sean and Cody feud. It's booked like Sean is an underdog face, but he's not the face. Makes no sense to me. I don't he's see like an underdog way. heel. He's, under, he's kind of an underdog heel. He's kind of he's a like petulant child. Right. He, he's being heel. an annoying brat. 
Right. I don't see him being an underdog face like a I, Daniel Bryan or a Gargano. No, I, I know what no. he's saying. I know, I know what, what you mean, saying. but it's like yeah. he's more a brat throwing a temper tantrum. Like, I didn't get my win, Hank. Here's did, my horn, Hank. I didn't win, but look, look at you, Cody. Let your brother get beat up. Yeah. What kind of brother are you? So, yeah. <laughs> you get for beating me. Thank Man. you very much, Kyle, for the $5 <laughs> super chat. Uh, all right, guys. let's do NXT. Big, big night in NXT. Uh, we had... Two, we had a co-main event. Uh, this yeah. is arguably bigger than the last takeover that we had. We had uh, the women's match between Charlotte Flair and Io Shirai on the card. We had Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream on the card for the NXT Championship. Let's start with that. Let's start with yeah. Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Woo. And this was, uh, you know, a well-worked match, but it was also, Nick, it felt to me by the numbers. I did, I was just, and This match was just kind of there to me. And then at the end, the Undisputed Era comes running out to interfere, cause a distraction, get attacked by Dexter Loomis, who's cool hiding spot. under the ring. The one unpredictable thing about this match is, why is Dexter Loomis hiding under the damn ring? Because he's Dexter jumping, Loomis, and that's all you need jumping to know. Out. Well, I it was rhetorical. <laughs> coming out and freaking why out. Why was Orange Era. Cassidy laying on a ladder when they pulled a ladder out from under the ring? Because he's Orange Cassidy, and that's what he does. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. I've... It was rhetorical. Okay. I get that. Yeah. It's Dexter Loomis. What, but I, I, I meant that also in the sense of what does he have to do with the story? Why does he have a beef with Undisputed Era? What's happening next there? All I know is that he took out, he accidentally took out the ref fighting off of fighting off uh, fish and strong. And then dream had Adam Cole pinned, but Adam Cole wakes back up by the time the ref does gives the last shot dream over. Adam Seven Cole minutes retains. I, I checked. Yeah. Seven minutes. Not a long title match. We've we've been that working was, on this for four to six months. It feels like. Yeah. Not as, looking back at it. I mean, they they were saying this whole thing between Dream and Adam Cole is not over, and I'm like, it should be. Was this this feud's been pretty damn underwhelming, Nick? And I'm not not just because of the accusations of impropriety on the part of Velveteen Dream and not knowing what his status is right now. Like, he's under the dude's under police investigation in real life. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know how that's going to go. And I guess they don't know in NXT either, which is why they didn't strap him here. Um, but they were hinting that there was more to this story, that there was more to this feud. Um, and ever since they started this feud, it has not been good with, with dream, dream targeting strong and acting like a heel. Even and before all the all stuff with Dream swerve. started last week, it wasn't firing. It, it wasn't even hitting on one cylinder, much less. Yeah, yeah. it kept getting distracted. Like Finn Balor got involved at one point. Like it was just it, the whole thing has just been a bit of a cluster. Yeah, and and nothing has really been hitting, and it's actually kind of dragged the whole product down. The fact that their their top level feud has just been a little bit meh. Yep. Um. I actually took this as a sign that they're moving on, and they need. I think they need to. I think they got to move Adam Cole onto somebody else, like a Finn Balor or like someone who's actually going to give us an interesting feud here at this point. Because this, this, this th match didn't click with Dream. This match was the final of a balloon getting let go and deflated. Like it's just. Uh, uh, let's move on. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's exactly. a whoopee cushion being exhausted at this point. Just let's go. Let's do something else because, listen, Adam Cole is now the longest reigning of all time NXT yep. men's champion. and Possibly deservedly so. I would make an I, argument that he's, he deserves it. Totally. I, I, and I'd be right there with you. But if you're going to have someone of that caliber, 
his opponents need to be, and we all respect and have high praise for Velveteen Dream. We've been saying that for a couple of years now. But the story, there was no story. There was no booking here. There was no thought put into this other than, oh, let's just put Velveteen Dream in there. He's coming back from injury, so he'd be a good next opponent. Nope. Nope. Didn't mm. didn't work. Fell flat completely. Move on. Next thing. It, yeah. It's not working. Well, and I'm wondering if Loomis is the next thing, and if so, then wow, like what? That's a very quick jump up the card. So there's there's lots of things still kind of floating up in the air here. But me personally, Nick, I do hope that they they do move on to something yep. else. Um, one thing that I thought was going to be moving on to something else, and it didn't. It went a whole different direction. Was Io Shirai versus Charlotte Flair? I was so happy about this outcome, Nick, because you and I both were like, oh, God, she's going to beat EO, and then he'll get kicked back down the card. And Oh, thank God. No, smart booking. Um, something we did not see because we had not heard about her status, but at the end of this match, Charlotte Flair couldn't beat EO Shirai normal, the normal way, so she got frustrated, grabbed a kendo stick, and started beating the pudding out of EO Shirai, which caused the cause of the bell. And then as she continued to beat EO pillar to post, out came Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley returning. We didn't know she was able to get out of Australia. She's she's returned. She's back. And uh, she went for Charlotte Flair and reignited that feud, chased off Charlotte. And at the end, we saw Rhea and Io both storming out together. Io screaming at Rhea and Rhea telling her to shut up. And then they end up getting into a brawl out back. So, wow. All right, so where... Rhea is back. We, we said Rhea's the one that's taking the title off of Charlotte. She's already back in the picture again. Io Shirai is also in the picture, and they kept her looking strong. Mwah. Good job. Fantastic. What the, where are we going now? We got now, now things just got interesting. Did this whole idea of Charlotte having this long reign in NXT just get, just get the kibosh, and now maybe there's some different plans? I, I don't know, but I want to make sure that we highlight how good the the work was in the Charlotte EO match. We've been waiting to see that for a long time. Of the promo it was. that they've been giving us is that EO Shirai solely came to NXT to face down Charlotte Flair and man it delivered. Man it delivered. Uh, that is exactly what I wanted it to be and it left enough room. It Here's the thing with those two. The ceiling is so high for both of them that you never know just how much more they can give, how much more they could put in. You could probably have them both in a 60-minute match going all the way, and they'd probably still have gas in the tank. Like The, the fact that we got what we got this week... Oh, they, and, barely, they were barely caught a sweat on this oh, one. Oh, yeah. And, and then and they end it with the, the kendo stick and Rhea interference and run outside and all of that stuff. Like, I am so excited right. about this. I the, the thing I fear is that we're going to start jumping into triple threat territory already. I, I want to see more EO. I want to I want to see some 50-50 booking. I want to see some more some more title matches between her and EO Shirai. Like take time, build this, find a way to build a story around it because it's these are arguably the two best women in the world. But see, I think this gives them a lot more options. This gives them a lot more options because instead of having Charlotte comes in, Charlotte beats somebody. Charlotte comes in, Charlotte beats somebody. Now you can get some more interesting possibilities. Sure. Right, have her Rhea's come in to back. beat other She's people, around. and EO and Rhea are standing around having their own fight, distracting Charlotte. You know, exactly. You can have all kinds of things happen. Have her I lose a non-title match for some, because of the distractions. Oh, you can do yeah, everything. A, you can do tons. Of, you can do a lot. It's, uh, this opens it up a lot more. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot, I think, better of a concept than, than just Charlotte going down the NXT roster, beating everybody. 
which check, check, check. yeah, which at a certain point, that's not really good for the NXT roster. No. Like that's fine if, if she's making them look good. Like I guess, but it's just that's all that is doing is just making her a bigger monster to beat when Rhea comes back. We already know she's a monster. She already beat Rhea, so we, it's Charlotte. So this is this is a much better way of doing it. So I'm I'm glad they decided to go this way with it. Yep. Um, Nick, we got to talk about the big debut that happened this week. Another very viral video that came out this week. The debut of Karrion Cross. I still can't get over that name, but it'll grow on me, I suppose. And Scarlet. Uh, we had the old NXT entrance special get thrown on him. Uh, something about NXT. Man, they know how to do entrances, Nick. They know how to do goddamn entrances. Holy crap. Was this the best entrance of all time? No. <laughs> it was really damn good, though. Very theatrical. Very moody. Um, you know, black and white imagery and uh, Scarlet appears on stage. Everything's smoke coming from everywhere. This blurry image of a bird coming at you and as it connects with her, their it was music a starts. And the, was it a bat? It was a bat. It's even, it's even better. Dark and spooky. Yes. <laughs> Ominous. And then, you know, Carrie so Cross comes out, <laughs> comes out and stands in front of her and he just looks like a, a absolute just brick house. Uh, and then she comes down to the ring and and which an interesting choice, lip syncing their song, which was a it was cool music, but it was weird to have her lip syncing it. She was very much over enunciating it, but uh, all right. Um, gets in the ring, he gets in the ring. As he gets in the ring, the lights all go crazy, and there's just mist and scary imagery and music, and he's making scary faces and she's being hot, and it's just ah! it screams big deal. It's. They, I mean, they put the mark on this dude. Yep. Um, I. The only thing as I was watching this, Nick, I'm like, this is great. This is a great entrance. Uh, they're never going to be able to keep this consistent. No. They're not going to be able to do this every time. There's just too much fog effects. Like there was still fog in the ring when they started the match. The the match. He says quotations. But yeah, there's. How do you keep this up? And because they don't, you know, a main roster, they can't, they don't, they don't have the production to do this. Well, here's the thing. I think this is more akin. They should have saved this. Number one, this could have been the alternative equivalent akin to like a demon Balor entrance. I feel like there's something is, we know nothing about what Cross's character is going to be other than the swampy metal version of bats and fog and all of that version it was of very, well, no it's like apocalyptic know. stuff you know sure it's 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 a little mad max it is kind of the all vibe four thing. horsemen of the apocalypse rolled into one only yes. we can't say four horsemen because we've already used that on like five different teams and women <laughs> uh, i feel like this should have been kept special uh, as an entrance and maybe the first pay-per-view they're in or the first takeover they're in you oh, amp no. this, you amp this up a little bit. Right. Yes. This oh, they could the definitely get bigger. Yeah. They could they could make this bigger. It's, but I, it was but I agree. They're gonna have to tone it down for TV. Like the, the, yeah, you, yeah. you can't spend twenty minutes getting to them to the ring for a, a match every week. Poor Leon Ruff. I don't know if he was hiding under all of the mist that was in the ring, but like they cut back and he's just kind of like standing there like um can we have the match now? Kyle with the with the super chat ten dollars. I was I was Nick taking. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, every now and then in the Discord, I like to take selfie pictures of myself reacting to something because there's no <laughs> words. It's just. Uh -huh. So Kyle says I was Nick taking pictures of himself in Discord 
in shock on Discord with Karrion Cross. I need Loomis and Cross injected in my veins yesterday. Also, mm-hmm. can't wait for the crowd to chant and mosh to fall and pray. Yeah. Fall and pray is that's that's a t shirt. They're gonna sell so much merch. <laughs> there's a there's a few things. I mean they yeah. I you can see why Cross wanted to come to WWE so bad va- so bad. They they obviously put the mark on him. It's gotta be disheartening if you're in the back and you've been working there for a few years and this dude just comes in and gets this. But at the same time, like obviously they know what they've got with him. Oh yeah. Um I love the lights come up. The smoke is like falling yeah, off the, the ring still and there's tiny little leon ruff in the corner that's what going, i'm saying yeah oh like, shit <laughs> hey, man. Hey, hey man um hi we you cool? really you got that was a hell of an entrance man yeah. um want to want to want to do a little wrestling little little grappling want to lock up real quick maybe like you know i drop toe hold or run the ropes no no yeah no no oh god give him an apocalypse cyto suplex Oh, I gave him another one. Oh God, he's broken. Oh God, he's got him in the the whatever it's called the 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 cross lock. What's his what's his finishing move? Nah, what's his remember. what's his ah? <sighs> Unbelievable. Just just murders poor Leon Ruff and then stands up and he he acts all ah scary again. Oh yeah, great debut. Yep. Um, the question is, holy crap, this is the guy that's gunning for Champa. How do you have Champa beat this guy? You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't. And then what? I don't know. I mean, Jesus Christ! The, how does this guy not end up being your champ in the next six months with this uh, kind of debut? He he does, <laughs> right? So, but that's not the only person looking for uh, championship gold. We do have the cruiserweight tournament going on still. Uh, we this week we had Kushida and Jake Atlas with Kushida picking up the win and mm. uh, Akira Tozawa beating Jack Gallagher. I thought this was all fairly predictable, seeing as um, we're definitely heading towards a couple of different interesting finishes because of the way the round robin works with with this number of guys, with four guys. We've got Group A, where next week you've got Tozawa and Phantasma having a match. Phantasma and Tozawa each need to win. If Tozawa wins, he goes through. He's going through to the finals. If Phantasma wins... Um, he takes the block unless we also have Swerve Scott versus Jack Gallagher. And if Swerve wins over Jack Gallagher, then Phantasma can't win because Swerve holds the tiebreaker over Phantasma. Right. So based on how those two matches go down, if Tozawa wins, he wins. That's it. He's, it's over. Uh, but if Phantasma wins, then we have to look at the outcome of Swerve and Gallagher to figure out who goes through. Gallagher, I think, mathematically is eliminated. So, yeah, crazy. We've also got, um, yeah, Gallagher's eliminated at this point. So then we got Group B, where you have Kushida's now 2-0. Jake Atlas is 1-1. Drake Maverick is 1-1. Tony Nese is 0-2. So Tony Nese is out. But you have the possibility of a three-way tie in Group B, where if Drake Maverick beats Kushida and Atlas beats Tony Nese, then Maverick holds a tiebreaker over Kushida, but Atlas holds a tiebreaker over Drake Maverick. Uh, Kushida holds a tiebreaker over Jake Atlas, but not Drake Maverick. They're all, it's a, it's a round-the-world tie. Can you That's see an interesting me doing situation. the calculus like Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, listen, I, I've, got, I've got Swerve Scott and Kushida here. Um, I think Kushida's going to win it all. You got Swerve Scott and Kushida? Yeah. I think Kushida's mm. going to win it all. That's that's my 
I, I don't know, man. They're really pushing this Drake Maverick angle. And having him like sneak a win over Kushida, I know you think I'm being reeled in by it? Get, you get, think I'm being reeled worked. in? Look, look at you. <laughs> oh, oh y'all, get worked. Hey, yo, if it's, if it's Kushida and Swerve in the finals, I don't think there's a story there, <sighs> but that's going to be a damn good match. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I'm in. Yep. I'm just looking at... Uh, Here's the thing I'll say about these two matches this week. Mm. The first one, meh. It was kind of just... It was just kind of there. Kushida and Jake Atlas. I love... Jesus. I love that it lasted about four and a half minutes. And so did in the first one, for that matter. But the second one, you could see that there was a respect and an understanding of what the two brought to the table. And it was just hot fire, nonstop, no rest holds, going constantly, and bang, as soon as Kushida hit that sneaky arm bar, bang, 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 tap immediately. Like, mm-hmm. he just knew, like, I'm not even going to mess with Kushida. Like, just, as soon as he got a hold of my wrist, I'm tapping, right? Yes. I, I loved that about the Kushida-Jake Atlas match. The rest holds and the slow speeds and the and just the pace of the first one, even though it was a similar kind of outcome, Still, it just didn't it didn't fire for me. So well, yeah. yeah Jake Atlas is is low key going to be a big like he's going to be a big deal. That guy is talented as hell, and he was saying how honored he was to be in the ring with Kushida. Hell yeah! Um, and of course, Kushida is just you know world class. So yeah, we shall see. I I wonder. Um, they're saying something in the chat, which is now kind of working for me, about uh, someone getting kidnapped from this, and that would also having that fit into the outcome would be very interesting as well. Yeah, if someone someone. Went, like gets kidnapped and then has to forfeit. Like the match is forfeited, so they stay strong. Yeah, Kyle like with the two dollar sa- sa- super chat said chances that Swerve wins. Oh the yeah. group and ends up getting Thank you, kidnapped. Kyle. Thank you, yeah, Kyle. That could be interesting. Are we or, finding out that Karrion Cross is maybe the one kidnapping all these people ultimately? I wonder, and I wonder what they're going to do with the people that come back from being kidnapped. Like, what if Kushida gets kidnapped, has a gimmick change, and comes back later, but then he doesn't, doesn't have to lose to Drake Maverick? It's just a forfeit. That would be an interesting situation. So, lots of they could still do with this, and I'm, I'm still totally invested in this. I, th- I think they've done a great job with this so far. Great way to highlight some guys, um, and ultimately, it's going to just lead to bigger and better things. Yeah. Also, uh, got to call out Esme with another four dollars oh, yeah. super chat. I see your midnight train, and I raise your running scare. It's midnight. It's it's midnight run, Robert De Niro. It's, it's, it's midnight. If you've never seen it. It's a fantastic film. The Midnight Express, Nick. No, okay, let's not. No, let's not go there. <laughs> Johnny Gargano versus Dominic Dijakovic. Kick, kick, kick. Dijak. Dijak. Dominic. Dijak. Sorry, versus Dijak. Uh, this is interesting. I was shocked. Johnny coming out. His first match is like a, a heel after the Champa match. Uh, and I was like, okay, who's he gonna beat? Because <laughs> I knew he had to beat. He had to beat somebody. How came Dijakovic? I'm like, what is? What? Well, they've been at each other on social media all week. Oh, of course. Oh, they got to build the match. But I mean, like, I what? I, I didn't think they're going to do it here. I was shocked. I was like, oh, "You're going to have Dijak lose to Johnny Gargano?" And you know what, Nick? They made it make sense. Yep. I think they actually protected the big man with this one. They did. Uh, the whole turnbuckle um, thing was mwah, absolutely genius. I was trying to think of how he's going to disable Dijak and his size, and it was mm-hmm. it was kind of perfect. Um, yeah, and I, I love the way have, that he... You couldn't was, have Johnny lose here on the turn, and it was a no. weird way to have Dijak. Dijak hasn't won since, like... It's not the, been a while. Uh, it's one of the Keith Lee One of the Keith Lee matches. Things. It's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. February, maybe? I don't know. 
But yeah, <laughs> the, both but of these also, guys had to win. It also made Dijak look like, you know, on any given day he could win. Johnny's just that, you know, he's got the, he's got the turnbuckle padding coming off. He's got yeah. his wife ringside distracting him. Like, he's going to do every dirty trick in the book to beat you. Um, so it was not a clean win. And in that sense, I thought that it, it protected Dijak, and it's, okay, it's fine. It made, and it established that Johnny's a shithead heel now. Great. Yeah. That's, that was the point. Still not totally sold on it. I feel like it lost something with kind of how his character flip-flopped in the last couple of years. Um, and I don't really, I don't know. I haven't bought into heel Johnny again yet. It just doesn't, it just hasn't worked for me. But, um, yeah. If, the, if he goes I, on a series of these kind of little chicken shit, barely pulls it off victories because of random things, not actually winning, I, I think that's going to be better for the person that does actually finally beat him. And it'll cement him as that sort of dick heel and yeah. always finding a way to... It, it's kind of what... The, you know who made that really popular was The Miz on his big intercontinental run. The Miz would always find ways to do that. That's what I'm reminded of when I think of Gargano in this role is that... He's going to be mouthy. He's going to have a lot to say. He's barely oh, going to pull off a whole string of victories. Uh, but then when somebody finally beats him, it's it's going to be that much better. And I, I, again, that's Taylor. That's Taylor. That's Rick Flair. That's Taylor's sure. all his time. That's sure. like the, the shitty heel who runs his mouth, and you just want. It get, was the first you know, one that came to, to lose. Mind. Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, recency. But uh, again, this match, like, I I still had some nitpicks with it. Like Johnny Gargano is kicking out a lot of stuff still. Like we know he's still resilient, Johnny, but. Should he be resilient, Johnny, as shit heel guy? Like I know Adam Cole kicks out of freaking everything too, as a as a heel champ. So I don't know. It it just. I was fine with this. Yeah. Give him yeah. three. Give him three, four more of these. Barely getting the win over kind of victories, and then let somebody go in and just annihilate him. I just I feel like I feel like DiJack could like he, they protected him, but a guy like him should be made to look like an absolute powerhouse, strong guy. And I guess like there wasn't enough of his big power moves in here that landed on Johnny. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, or the ones that did should have just taken him out a lot more. Yeah, so he never Johnny did get the feast your eyes off. Trying to avoid. Um, well, he, cuts, you know. of course. Uh, so, I mean, there's more here. I, I think we'll see more of this. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We were certainly going to see more of Finn Balor because uh, he came out to the prince. He came out to the uh, the podium to say that whoever attacked him doesn't know who it is. Started using some wrestling terminology. He said, uh, "You know, you want to you. I know how it works. You know, you want to get you take your shot at the, the top guy. So you think you're going to get a push, but I'm letting you know right now, if you want to come for me, it's not going to be a push. It's going to be a squash. And uh, uh, interesting, kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit there. Um, acting like he just doesn't give a crap anymore. Like usually, I only have a problem with the suits in the front office." Now I got a problem with somebody else. Interesting little take here yeah. uh, on Finn Balor. And I thought that was going to be it. But no, Cameron Grimes had a match against Denzel Desjardins, the uh, enhancement talent of the, uh, of the season, losing everybody all over the place. But here he got stopped by Cameron Grimes in about eh, 45 seconds. Yep. And then Cameron Grimes got on the mic to just run his mouth. And my God, is he a good heel on the mic. Oh, God, he's annoying. Wonderfully so. Yep. Uh, and uh, said, "Yeah, Finn, I heard you. I didn't, I didn't do nothing to you, Finn. But you know what? You little whiny so and so. If you were to get in my face like that, I'd slap you silly." Of course, you see Finn Balor walk out of the back behind that him. That framing slowly of that shot was, wow, was just brilliant. <laughs> and, and Cameron just kept going even while Finn <laughs> got into the ring, just going and going and going <laughs> right. until he got right up beside him. 
Love it. His Classic. North Carolina was showing. You could hear it in his accent. It was fantastic. Of I was course. like, hey, that sounds like my next door neighbor. <laughs> yep. And he looks over. There's Finn standing right next to him. Oh, God. I just, I didn't mean it. I was just saying, you know, were that to, I was just saying, hypothetically, like, you know, I'm not actually going to do it. And Finn just gets in his face, like, go on, take your shot. Take your shot at me. Yeah. Go on. You tell me you're going to slap me. You've been out here for talking for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Something about Southern boys and Irish guys this week. I don't know. There seems to be a, a flavor this week. We'll talk about more of that on SmackDown. Yeah. But uh, the smack got laid down on Cameron Grimes. He went for a shot on Finn. Finn took him down, uh, beat him up a little bit. Cameron rolled out of the ring. And then Finn Balor uh, so started screaming more about how he's going to get whoever got him. So Finn is back. He's scary. Who do you think attacked Finn? Who is Finn going for? That he was in a feud with Imperium Walter. Are we going back to that? But Imperium is now busy with the broserweights. So uh, what's where's what? No, what's I, I, I think we got a few months until we get out of this stuff, and Walter can travel again, and or Finn could go over there, or whatever. But yeah, this is all biting time until Finn can get to Walter, really. So if we got a few months to kill, hey, let's have a program where he Finn goes on a warpath and tries to be a detective and find out who's who attacked him. What if it was Adam Cole? Might have been. Might have been. Finn Balor, NXT champ again. Not mad at it. Nope. If there's going to be but someone the- to take it off of Adam Cole, I would like. To, I would not be mad at it to be the one, the other top all time NXT champion in Finn Balor. Yeah, you know, you have a few guys now. We were saying a, a little while back that there's not a whole lot of options to take it off of Adam Cole, but you've got Karrion Cross now, Finn Balor. There's a there's a few guys you could see it going on to. Yep. You know, if Dream you know is found innocent, I could still see him getting a title run. Yep. So. Few options there. A yep. uh, couple more quick things. Chelsea Green had a match with Zia Lee. Uh, not the prettiest match in the world, but she won with Aaliyah's help. Uh, and uh, Leah and Robert Stone have a little tete a tete at a certain point there, uh, possibly adding to the Robert Stone brand. Think that'd be a good fit there. What about Vanessa Bourne? Where'd she go? What's happening, Nick? What's what do you what did you make of all this? Uh Listen, or did you make anything? I didn't this? really make anything of it, other than the fact of Robert Stone coming out and helping yeah. Aaliyah up off the floor. And I'm going, hmm, is the Robert Stone brand going to expand? Because there's not a lot happening with Chelsea Chelsea Green. She's gotten like that one win, and that was it. So I mean, I like the Robert Stone brand idea, but they're not really building anything with Chelsea Green to make it really, you know, give it some kind of oomph. Now, if he starts to expand and recruit other superstars much in the same vein as uh, Zelina Vega is recruiting other people. I'm sitting here going, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm thinking. Yep. That is definitely what I'm thinking. Uh, next week, we've got Imperium versus Thatcher and Riddle, which is, you know, Nick, there's something I was thinking about here, and they haven't, so, they haven't said anything about it yet. They haven't sold it at all. Um, but there is a built-in plot here. And I wonder if they're going to go for it. They brought in Thatcher as being, you know, this angry, scary guy, goes well with Riddle. Um, good substitution for Pete Dunne. But Pete Dunne is still the original bros or weight, Stallion Pete. And here's the thing. Thatcher was a member of Ringkampf on the Indies. He used to be tag team partners on the Indies with all the guys from Imperium. So technically, he used to be Imperium. So do they bring that up at any point? Snake in the grass? That's what I'm wondering, Nick. That's what I'm wondering. 
I wouldn't be. That's that's that'd be a cool twist. Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. Mm. As a way to get to Walter. Not bad. Just saying. Kyle with Just another saying. five dollar super chat says, "If Balor is the next champ, do you feed the demon to Killer Cross, Carrion Cross? Sorry, no, no, absolutely not. Do not. No. Don't those two? No. It needs to no. be WrestleMania worthy for a year plus mm. from now before those two demon versus Carrion super entrances meet. Super, <laughs> the new Undertaker entrances. Right. Yeah. Remember no, when I, we were I, predicting I demon versus yeah. fiend at WrestleMania as a main event at WrestleMania? You know, a long time ago when, when we were first seeing New Bray and Fiend show up, that's the yeah. that's what I think about what you just said. And asked. yet, what happened? What happened? Fiend murdered Finn, and Finn now has to go back down to NXT and be the prince. Oh, what strange times we live in, Nick. What strange, strange times we live in. But also times, Nick, that are very close to money in the bank. That is happening tomorrow. Tomorrow, so that means we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah. We've got to get to it right now. Next, let's head over and discuss Friday Night SmackDown. I'm reminded of the quote from Lena Headey from 300. <laughs> oh, God. This will not be over quickly, and you will not enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I don't. Uh, I have one bright spot that I want to talk about uh, when it comes to SmackDown. The rest of it is basically hot garbage. I had I had, there I had a few. I had a few good spots. Maybe two. Uh, eh, yeah, like two. <laughs> it was ah, uh, there was I was like I can think of a third one, but yeah, it was it was a lot of. Eh, it's it's a it's a. It's a WWE go-home show, and sometimes they get lazy with their booking on those. Yeah, let's just have this, all the matches was, we're going to have on Sunday. Ah, just put them all on SmackDown. Wait, pretty much. What? Is, <laughs> why? What are you doing? No. They're building momentum for Sunday, and yeah, come on. Lazy booking was was the problem with yes. more than half of the show. Just lazy booking, uh, obvious outcomes. But we also had a couple of bright spots, as you say. So let's start with. Bray Wyatt, he and Braun Strowman finally came face to face. Braun got in the ring and called him out, saying, "Bray, come on, fan, you know, if you want to do this, let's talk face to face." And out came Mister Rogers, Bray Wyatt, in his little sweater, immediately sweating under the lights. Right. I can't blame him. I was getting hot looking at him. Not like that. Pause. <laughs> uh, but Bray essentially said, "Braun, I I just want to help you, dude." Why don't you come back home? I just need if you're you know here. Look, I got your black sheep mask still. We can we can all be family again. You can come on back home, but you know just to do that, I've got to relieve you of that burden around your waist. And Bronze goes, Bray, you don't know me. He said that about five times. You don't know me. You don't know who what I, who I am now. Lay off. I'm not coming back home. I'm not doing this crap. You know, all the puppets on the screen being like, Come home, Bron. Come home. Uh, and Braun says, no, I'm not going to do it. And he storms off and Bray says, well, I tried, tried to warn you, Braun. I tried to help. What did you think about this segment? We were complaining about the lack of story between the two. Do you feel like they redeemed themselves with this segment? No. At all? Um, really? If they had two more weeks, yes. They, they could totally pull this off. 
I liked all of the tempting of come home, Braun, and Braun still resisting like known, but give me two more weeks, two more episodes to break him down to the point where he does fall into some of the trappings that we saw Cena fall into as he went into the funhouse and things like that. If you took your time with this because of the relationship of Braun being the black sheep and all of that stuff, like you could have made something out of this. See, I this I would crap. argue they could have even I, I, well, I'm not going to say it's crap because I feel like they they added more layers to it here than we had before, and for that I'm at least somewhat grateful. Sure, but they could have added more layers by giving Braun more to say, yep. and it has been speculated that he actually forgot his line because he said the same line twice. Yeah, uh, so it's possible that he may have skipped a line, and you know my my postulation was he just needed one line to say something interesting. Like, I know what it's like to work for you or, you know, what it what it would mean to give myself to the funhouse. Something where he hints at knowing something we don't know. And that's one of the most interesting aspects of Bray Wyatt is he's kept some of his stuff close to the vest. Um, and he hints at it. He did it before with his with his rocking chair guy. He do, he's doing it now with this guy. Where there's stuff that he, it's like he's got a story Bible in the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. He knows, there's a lot of information that he knows that he's not telling us explicitly, but he refers to in a roundabout sort of way. So it's almost like, you know, the seven wise men in the dark feeling the elephant. You know, you can only really put it all together when they start communicating. When you start taking all the pieces and putting them together and trying to figure out that the whole, there's something under there that he's, that he is referring to but he needs to have the other people he's with on the same page so they can also obliquely refer to it especially if like braun he might know what that is i think he was trying the bigger picture is in typical theater fashion he was trying to get him to say to get these hands because bray was saying things like don't you want to get well that was part of the the joke was that was that bray was playing with him he's toying with braun he's no, like i, think I know he was what pulling a say. full theater move trying to remind him of his line <laughs> no i don't I, no, no 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 okay no 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 because braun braun responded i think to that the way like in a scripted way where he said bray you're not going to get me to say get these hands just because you keep saying that like you can't uh. manipulate me you can't you don't you don't know what i what i'm going to say what i want to do and bray in reverse was was trying to say look see i know you you've become this other person who loves saying catchphrases and shit you know what i mean that's i like the nuance there yeah i feel like it they missed the opportunity to do like one more just good layer of intrigue here they 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 kind of scratched the surface i feel a lot better about this now than i did at the beginning of the week yeah but I still feel that they had they had the opportunity to go further here, and they didn't. I wanted to see uh, Braun start to them. falter and start to want to go home. I wanted to see him start to fall victim to Bray's psychology, and then in a very babyface kind of way, resist it all, burst out of it. I fooled you. I had you going this whole time. It just needs something else. Like something's missing. But I feel like it's right there in front of us. And I'm wondering if we're going to see it because Mm -hmm. I don't think either of these guys should lose. And I don't know if we're going to get a clean finish on Sunday with this match. And my hope, my absolute hope is that we don't get a clean finish. Braun does retain and we spend another month or two 
building up to the next thing, and this becomes a running program where my hopes that I have already outlined do start to come true a little bit and manifest. But, man, if, yeah. if this has a clean finish in one way or the other, I think I'm going to be upset about it regardless of who and I would, holds the I, belt. I agree. I don't think Braun should pin Bray, but I would like to see him outsmart Bray. Yes. Or at least keep him at bay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would be a good finish. If Braun figures out a way to escape. Yes. That's what I would like. Because I think that would be the knows. smartest thing. Because, because he knows. he has the Wyatt family. And kid. then you have more time to add more layers to the story. Yes, take all that psychology, ball it up into a big story, and let them go. And turn them loose. Yeah. And just, man, they will knock it out of the park. But I just, have, have the so match scripted be... right now. It's just, it's grating well, on me. <laughs> it's always that way, but uh, you know, have the basically have this this Sunday's match be like at the end of a chapter, and then we start a new chapter, sure. and there's more to be done there. We don't have to have Bray just get the title, and then Braun is back to doing Braun things on the side, and he's a you know he's just a special attraction, and that's it, and we're done. That would be the dumb move. Yep. And come back and check in with us on on Tuesday when we do our recap show to see if that's what they did. Because if they did, we're gonna be sitting here saying. That was a dumb move. Yeah. There's so much more you could do here, especially right now where Bray can do content that's not shot in front of an audienceless ring. You can do stuff outside of that. You've got a lot more content you can create by having Bray and Braun have some sort of meta battle outside of a wrestling ring that's still wrestling. Yes. I- I'm not writing so. off that we're not going to get something like that on sun- tomorrow. It's very possible. Uh, fingers crossed. It's very possible. Fingers crossed. Uh, real quick, Esme with another $3 super chat says a penny well, thank you, love. for every second I watched SmackDown. So that would be 300 Hundreds, pennies? 300 seconds. 300 seconds. That's more than so, two hours. A couple minutes. A couple minutes. Oh, no, couple, it's a couple uh, minutes. Seconds. Sorry. Steiner math. <laughs> <laughs> spells disaster for you, my friend. But it also spelled disaster for Mandy, who had a match with Sonya Deville. I was shocked they gave this away. On TV, Mandy yep. and Sonya finally coming to blows to open the show. And this was sharp. This was a good match. These two, these two were laying it in and had good chemistry. And Sonya looked like a million bucks and Mandy looked like a million bucks. Mandy was selling that she was pissed. And Sonya was selling that she was insane. And it was awesome. I have something I like, need to say here. Uh-oh. Uh, I want to uh, know okay. which one of you are moles. <laughs> what patrons what? ten dollar patrons i'm gonna find uh, you i want to know which one of you heard the first edition of nick booking last oh, year flying out loud when i booked a mandy and sonia battle feud like this i want to know this makes it writes, this makes it, it kind of writes three. itself nick before before you get on your i want to know here, who the mole is of, it writes itself, but here's the thing. I'm more impressed by the fact that because it writes itself, and obviously the tag teams break up, they did a really great job of establishing the animosity between the two, But you know, not only on TV, but also on social media. They've been doing a great job of it. Um, the pace of this match was great. The intensity of this match was great. The pre-match stuff where Mandy just went for Sonya as Sonya was putting up her hair. Um, this was all fantastic. And even the finishing sequence where Sonya sneaks out a pin... On Mandy, and Mandy's beside you know the the moment where she had her in the in the um, in the body scissors and she was just torturing Mandy, and pulling her, her, eyelashes her eyelashes out. Yeah, oh yeah, brilliant. Torturing her and saying, "I'm enjoying this." There was so much to like in this match. Yeah, 
It was stiff. Um, it felt like a blood feud. It felt like it, all the yeah. all bets are off. Uh, there was taunting. Uh, there was verbal activity happening. Like we are seeing. First of all, Sonya, I think she raided Matt Hardy's closet. She came out in like that same kind of cloak thing that he always wears. Mm, um, not but mad at it. but it, that's neither here nor there. But this is the match we've always wanted to see between these two. And I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. The fact that they gave it away on the pay-per-view leads me to believe that we're going to see some more shenaniganry on Sunday, tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to see them on Sunday. I think I'm surprised, especially given some of the matches that are on Sunday's show, which we'll get to in a second. I'm shocked they didn't have this on Sunday. Totally. And I'm, I was a little surprised at first that they had Sonya win pretty clean. Yeah. Like about as clean as you get. Um. But then I realized that it was a it was kind of a surprise thing. Like it definitely felt like a there, but for the grace of God, you know, like could have gone either way. It was it's a competitive feud, and I think that's smart. Have it be competitive. Have Sonya not look like a weakling who's running away from Mandy. Yep, she's genuinely good, and Mandy's got to be on her game to beat her. Yes, perfect. That is smart. I they haven't. I this when's the last time I said this, Nick? They haven't had a misstep in this whole Dolph Ziggler, Otis, Mandy, Sonya thing. They have not had a misstep in this all year. No. That's nuts. It's fantastic. One of the best angles they have going. And, and it was happening in the wake or and in parallel with all the shit that was going on with Lana Lashley and Rusev. Right. So, right. you know, we had two different things going on here at the same time. And we really didn't care about Lana. We watched it because of trash TV, but over here on the other side, it was wholesome and genuine. And the 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 big guy gets the the prom queen, and all of the story is underlining things that are happening with it. And here we are, and now the girls are having their turn to go at each other after yeah. Otis and Dolph had their thing, and that's kind of still going. On. I love everything about this. It's the best thing that's been on SmackDown this entire year, uh, and it feels like it's still only halfway done. Like it still has legs. And they can Will, thank you for pointing out. She did. She did grab a little bit of tights when she was rolling up. Oh, Mandy, of course. But I, I, I'm still going to say that, like, as far as that goes, like, it wasn't like a huge blade with no feet on the ropes. Like, it was. It still felt competitive. Yeah. And that's great. I would rather have like, yeah, she she cheated just a but just a little bit. You know what I mean? Keep it, keep it so that they're fairly evenly matched. Mwah. And also, anyone who wants to shit on Vince McMahon. Yeah, the dude has some bad ideas, but he's actually supposedly one of the guys who's right has been writing the Otis stuff for uh, the, the whole time as well. There's been a bunch of people, including the writer that we mentioned, that got let go. Um, Otis and Mandy and Sonya—they've all had their their say. But apparently, this is like Vince is digging this angle as well, and has been having quite a bit of say in it. And it's why you're seeing so much of it. He's invested in it, and it shows. And somehow, this is working out where yeah. Lana and Lashley and Rusev was a train wreck. Right. So. Hell yes. I'm so glad this is continuing to be an excellent program. Got to break in here and give a shout out to the Potato Zone with 10 quid in the super chat. Ooh. What's up, guys? Longtime Spotify listener. Don't get to catch you guys here very often. Love your work. Keep it up, lads. Thank you, Potato Zone. Thank you very much. Welcome sir. to the stream. Thank you, Thank you for, uh, for joining welcome, us. Welcome, welcome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Also awesome, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Yeah. I love the two of them. Yeah. They're... Mm, I'm sorry. Speaking you were of, saying there's only a couple bright spots. Come on. I, I love that. They got Otis to tag with them for a three-on-three -three match against Nakamura, Cesaro, and Corbin, which 
I mean, on paper, that even that's, that sounds appetizing to me. And the only problem was there really wasn't a whole lot of stakes this match, but it was fun. Everyone did some good work here. Um, I can't say that I was totally invested in it. The ending was but stupid. I, enjoyed... I understand yeah. what they were trying to do, but it's not Sunday yet. Stop trying to climb the ladder and get the briefcase. I, Everyone it... wanted to pose at the end. Well, right. the thing is, the end of the match... The end of the match was shockingly Drew Gulak getting eating. Well, he got pinned on a uh, a deep six. He didn't even eat an end of days. Right. He, he took ran a deep right six into to, it. He took a signature and and got pinned. So, ouch! You can see where they still think of Drew Gulak. Um, but then the match was over and everyone leaves the ring, and Corbin starts setting up the ladder to go get the briefcase and pose. But then Daniel Bryan and Otis come back out. They're not having it. Um, there's a little scuffle. Otis tries to climb a ladder, and the rungs start falling off. Brilliant, because he's just too heavy. Brilliant, which was that was that was I thought a very smart way to build some more intrigue for Sunday. Yep, which is Otis breaks ladders because he he's can't, too big. He can't climb the ladder because he's too big. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Made me. Real. What are we set? What story are we setting up there for Sunday? Hmm. Um, but ultimately Baron Corbin does take out Otis and Daniel Bryan and poses at the top ladder with the briefcase with all his momentum going into Sunday. So yeah, again, we were talking about how the, one of the problems with WWE going home to a show is they love to do their poke, point at the WrestleMania sign or hold the briefcase at the top of the ladder. And it doesn't matter what people would realistically do in that situation. What, how they would actually act, we're going to have them all just arbitrarily like, like AI in a computer game that's been programmed to go in one direction and ends up going over a cliff, and you're like, why you wouldn't actually do that. There they are trying to fight over a ladder to pose. Why does Daniel Bryan need to pose with a, with a briefcase so bad? Daniel Bryan, what does he give a crap? So Damn. very strange. Um, but yeah, Baron Corbin posing at the end of the show. Is that a guarantee he's not winning? Yes. Or is that a guarantee? Uh, he is. Yeah? He is not winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> what about Otis with him snapping off the uh, the rungs? Otis is not going to be able to climb the ladder to get the briefcase. That's what they're they're telling us. They're telegraphing <laughs> this shit to us. Okay. Right. Well, we shall see. Yeah. Well, one thing that they are also telegraphing is that Tamina is big and strong. And Lacey doesn't like Bailey and Sasha. And we had a tag match, Lacey and Tamina versus Bailey and Sasha. Okay. Bailey and Tamina have a match on Sunday for the, the SmackDown women's title. Again, why are we having the, the next two matches? I'm going to sit here and just slap my forehead and go, why, why, why are we having these matches yeah. two nights before the pay-per-view? Like, what are you there doing? There was nothing better that you could do to build for this than have it's and it's classic. I mean, this, this goes back as long as wrestling goes is, is, you know, the champ tags with somebody else versus their opponent. And we see if the, you know, the champ can be pinned, uh, by the challenger in this tag match. So from that standpoint, okay, I get it. The problem is, is that I just am so not invested in this feud that, I don't really care. I don't believe Tamina can beat Bailey on Sunday. No. Because it's it's kind of the Jinder Mahal syndrome where you have somebody being a non-factor for so long 
And then you make them really, really, you push them really, really hard for a month. And then you say, ah, see, they're championship material. And we're all sitting here going, no, they're, no, they're not. They're really not. We know better. So that was kind of how this felt was all of this for, for what? For nothing. You know, and to, sure enough, Tamina Samoan drop on Bailey. She wins. She 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 pinned her. Yeah, great. To me, that indicates she's not going to win on Sunday because now they've created. Oh, they've created doubt. Uh oh. Somebody so, pinned yeah. the champion. <laughs> I can't. I I couldn't. I couldn't be excited about this. You know, again, basic booking one hundred and one. Right. But you haven't made me care enough about the feud for this to be worth investing in. No. Yeah, we, we've 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 said enough about the whole problem with the women's division over here. We'll we'll move on to the tag division, where we had an eight man tag match. We're having a fatal four way on Sunday, Which but uh, brilliant. I hope it's tornado rules. I, I can't. I don't know if the if it's that's going to be if if, 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 gonna, if they can also tag other team member team oh. team members tornado style. This is going to be a fantastic fatal four way match tomorrow well, this night. This is chaotic and crazy enough. But why? why okay. You knew immediately Lucha Hart's house party was going to eat the pin. And you probably knew right away that it was going to be either Miz or Morrison pinning them. Sure. Like, there's right. no other outcome that this eight-man tag match was going to have. And sure enough, Miz ends up pinning Lindsay Dorado after a skull-crushing Who, finale. And I just by went, the way... Why even bother Lince, having this? <laughs> but Lince, Lince did. Get, he looked like an absolute beast at the end of this match. Of this course. is the best Lucha house party's ever looked. I know. I mean, I, I'm... And, and even though they are sitting in here for the Usos, who were, I think, supposed to be in this slot, I'm just speculating on that. But, uh, you know, good for them, man. Get out there and show out. So, as you said, though, I, I think the perception is this is really about New Day and Forgotten Sons. Oh, totally. They're the, yeah, two, yeah. They're the two teams that this is really about. I don't see Miz and Morrison picking the titles back up nope. on Sunday. Lucha House Party ain't winning the titles. So, we're looking at the champs, New Day. And the new hot thing, the Forgotten Sons. And it's a fatal four-way, no DQ. You got Jackson Riker ringside. Watch out. So that's what. <laughs> listen, uh, genuinely, when you've got when you've got a you've got a third yeah. man outside, much like you would used to have Xavier Woods outside uh, for uh, for New Day. You, there's an X right. factor outside outside the ring that's there to help you do something. So in a fatal four-way situation, that becomes very handy, especially when you're a giant monster of a man and an ex-marine like Jackson Riker. So, oh my God! Listen, can we let's talk about someone who's actually got some talent? Uh, John Morrison, who also balled out in this match. Can we talk about the fact that that dude was doing shit like we haven't seen him do since Lucha Underground? Yeah, Oof. like the, his cells on those Poison Ranas were absolutely like somewhere Rob Van Dam was was like looking for a check in the mail. <laughs> like those were those were outstanding. Yeah, the problem. The only downside was he sold them too well. We we're like, how does he get up after that? How does he survive? That's it. The match is over. Dude came down right on his head. He basically just like his neck was like a spring. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Esme with $2 in the chat saying potatoes are life. I guess uh, the potato zone has started a potatoes she conversation made, it, it, potatoes in the chat. Now all potato, I want is potato, french fries. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's Thank you, Esme. Dame las papas. Yeah. Papas fritas. Papas fritas. Dame en la boca. All right. Uh, so then we've got Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is back. We had two Hardys on TV this week. Again. Again. We had, uh, we had, we had Matt and Jeff and Damascus. Uh, and then much like the, uh, the good old Southern boy, 
in NXT, Cameron Grimes, good old Southern boy Jeff Hardy, was confronted by an angry Irishman in the form of Sheamus, yeah. who was not happy about Jeff out here being like, I can feel you all at home. I love you, fans. I'm here for you. Yay, I love you guys. Mwah. I feel so much better. I'm totally off the drugs and not drinking anymore. For Yay. Now. And then Seamus. <laughs> Jesus. And then Seamus comes out to be like, oh my God, you make me sick. Stop talking, man. If you're if you're if you're so interested in having your adulation, it's not gonna happen. Because they're not here. How ironic. And I've been putting out the small flames on SmackDown for a while, and now it's time for me to extinguish yours. What's with the Irishman coming after North Carolinians all of a sudden? I don't know, man. Maybe you guys are eating too many potatoes. Maybe. Maybe. Just uh, I, I really don't have much to say about this. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing the pickums. This, this, was, this was awful. It was... It lacked energy. Yeah. It lacked a little... It lacked fire. Uh, there, you know... Seamus had intensity. Jeff was just kind of like, why are you coming at me, bro? And then Seamus comes for him, and he takes him out. <laughs> Jeff poses, like, takes out Seamus and poses on the ring post. And then Seamus is all pissed. And Okay, so Seamus is pissed at Jeff. All right, great. Yeah, cool. That feud, that feud, that feud starting. Uh, Give I was me something say to Jeff, swanton bomb off of. All right. All right. Cool. That, that, uh, uh, <laughs> Titan Towers Sunday? I, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> is, is Jeff Hardy going to swanton bomb off of Titan Towers? Although I think the Money in the Bank match is the only thing that's going to be at Titan Towers. Everything else is going to be at the Performance Center. From what I understand, they're going to do like picture-in-picture and stuff. Cool. Even where they go back and forth between the two. I'll be honest. I'm dying to see what they do with this. Uh, Well, let's talk about it then. Uh, I I was going to speculate that Jeff and Sheamus were going to have a match at Money in the Bank, but that's not the case. Someone else uh, is going to happen for Jeff Hardy. But to talk about that, we have to go give our pick'ems for Money in the Bank. I, I I don't rabble, even rabble, rabble. I, I don't even know what to say about this first match that has magically appeared on the card somehow. Our truth versus MVP. This is why I was I was cacawing at you before the show, and I was just like, "What the? What's going on?" This was just announced by WWE today. They've got two matches they just put on the card that make no what? sense. MVP versus our truth. What? Huh? What? 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 MVP's been all over the show. It makes sense that MVP would have something to do with Money in the Bank, but our truth did this? Did our truth? Is it two thousand six again? All of a sudden, like, did something did, happen? Did our truth is our truth the one who's in charge of the WWE Twitter account, and he just made this up? Is oh my bad. I thought that's who I was facing on Sunday at at Elimination Chamber two thousand six. Is Gronkowski going to show back up and somehow this has something Maybe. to do with the 24-7 championship? What in the actual hell is happening? Why is R-Truth and MVP having a match on? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Why are there clouds in the sky? What is magnetism? How does that work? Ah, R-Truth versus MVP. Who you got this one? <laughs> uh, R-Truth. Hmm. You know what? I the only thing making me think otherwise is I wonder if MVP is going to bring out his boys because he's got Vink and Thorne now. I wonder if they're going to come out and help him take out our truth. I'm wondering if it's a That's recruitment scheme. If he's going to try and recruit him with Vink and Thorne into us into a mm-hmm. stable. 
there is absolutely no story to this that I'm aware of, and I haven't, I haven't, I mean, I, again, I just saw this match before the show, so I haven't had a chance to look at Twitter and see if they're building anything for this or what the, what the goddamn story is. So I don't even know who to pick. Because <laughs> I, I did a coin flip. Uh, it's our freaking. All right, well, I'll just take MVP. Okay, fifty, you know, fifty fifty book. Exactly. We'll 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 right, wash so, on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Oh, not Sheamus. Wait, what? Not Sheamus. Cesaro, the other half of the bar. What? What? Huh? Okay. Uh, okay. What? Jeff Hardy. That's what they announced. Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Jeff Hardy because right. he's going to get the win on the return, I, I guess. That's my assumption as well. I'm also going with Jeff. Um, I can think about Sheamus coming in and costing him the match. That's true. Uh, but just to be safe, and again, because they have absolutely no, this I'm makes gonna, no yeah, sense. Yeah. Are they what? reforming the bar? Is this to set up Sheamus and Cesaro getting back in the ring I, together? The, I don't know. What's don't happening? Know. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> my brain's leaking out my ears. Oh, right. uh, New Day versus Forgotten Sons versus Miz and Morrison versus Lucha House Party for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Who do you have winning this one, this fatal four-way? This, this one hurts. As as hard as bad as I want to say Forgotten Sons, I think New Day retain. They just got it five back five minutes ago. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough because I think they're gonna change more titles than that. And I'm looking down the list here at all the titles that could change hands, and I'm seeing one, maybe two. This could be a third, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. And say New Day retain as well, because they just got them. They just got them, and that would be some two serious. Yeah, that'd be some serious bouncing. If Miz and Morrison had them for a hot second, then New Day had them for a really hot second, and then all of a sudden, Forgotten Sons take them, or Miz and Morrison get them back, or whatever. We did have yeah, the I'm, face I'm off um, last week but, between uh, them. We had the or the brawl that broke down before the ma- after the match, and then we had. Miz and Morrison and the Forgotten Sons getting in each other's faces this week, last night. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I. There is part of me that's pulling on this, going, they could strap the Sons here. It. They just debuted. Yeah. New Day just got the titles. It's too goddamn soon. It, New Day's got to retain. But the here. Sons, the Sons could pin Lucha House Party to win the titles, and then New Day would have a beef saying, "You didn't pin us." I wouldn't be Miz mad and at Morrison, that. Miz and Morrison would say, "No one ever beat us as a tag team." So then everyone would have, and Lucha House Party could go back to being in catering again because that's apparently where Vince thinks they should be. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with New Day too, just to be safe. Yeah, I'm taking is, the chicken shit route on this one. I, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what's about to transpire <laughs> in this match. Well, how about this one? Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits. Uh, Profits have never beaten Viking Raiders, and uh, here we have a Raw Tag Team Championship match between the two teams. Is this the one the Street Profits? finally get their win over Viking Raiders, or does the raid continue and Street Profits are fed to the war machine? I think this is the former. This is where Street Profits finally get their win over Viking Raiders and retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. Man, you were picking against all your boys on this show, aren't you? Yeah. Sorry, War Machine. You're just picking against your boys right and left. Um, it's tough. I, I tend to agree because Raiders just won on Raw. To establish they can beat profits. Yep. Eh. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a wuss and be safe and say Street Profits too. If this comes down to MVP versus R Truth, I'm gonna be so mad. Oh, if we everything else we picked is the same. <laughs> everything else we're the same. All right. I think we're gonna have right. some differences as we go down through this. Though. Well, it's not gonna be the next match. Bailey versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Tamina is not getting the SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> no. No. If it you're was Lacey on, Evans, the, that would be a harder pick. You're not on the Tamina train. No. Choo choo. No. It's coming out of the station. No. It's gonna roll right over Bailey. No. No. Not on it. No. no. Me, me neither. Bailey's totally retaining yep. here. This is ridiculous to even consider that Tamina would get the time, the championship, um, which is going to be great if she actually does win it. And we're both sitting here going, "What? What the hell?" Not going to happen, but it would be it'd be hilarious. Yep. Um, this will be a very fun show on Tuesday, by the way, if Tamina does win <laughs> right in this match. We're going to flipping tables, tearing up notes. It's going to be crazy. Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. For the Universal Championship. Now, we discussed earlier how... Let's let's actually make this clear, Nick. This is not about who wins or loses. This is about who walks away Universal Champion. I think Braun still leaves money in the bank as the Universal Champion. Okay. I don't know how we want to score the match. Uh, I definitely think there's going to be some shenaniganry and antics here. Um, that are going to take place. Yeah. But if it is a, if the fiend comes out and clean squashes and mandible claws, Braun Strowman for the win, I'm, I'm going to be a little perturbed about that. Just like I was at SummerSlam with Finn. So yes, that's where I'm at. I, I, if Braun is going to stay champ, I hope there's shenaniganry as well. I'm saying Bray gets the title. I'm saying they're going the dumb route and make Bray champ again. And the, he, he just takes out Braun. Bronze transitional. Um, I very much hope I'm wrong, Nick. And yeah. I hope that Bronze stays champion. We have more story coming out of this. But, yeah, I just don't see it yet. I think I think, I think, think Bray, they're going to put this back on Bray, and it's just going to be a little blip on uh, The Goldberg blip. Champ. This is how they got out the of gold, it. Goldberg bleep. <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE championship. Drew. Who do you have in this one? Drew retains easily. I agree. I agree. We're we're not doing a whole lot different. It's going to come down to so far. It's Bray and and our truth. Oh God. Well, here's where we're going to really see some see different. Yep. The money in the bank matches. The money in the bank matches. Um, who do you have for the women's match? Oscar, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Nia Jax, and Lacey Evans. And why are you picking Nia Jax? Uh, no, I'm not. Picking night. Lacey Evans is my pick for the women's money in the bank match. Um, because I think she's going to do really good with it. I look at Asuka, Shayna, Nia, don't need it. Carmella's already had it twice, frankly. And Dana, not quite ready. I'm really excited about the potential for Dana over the next couple of years because they're starting to give her time and she's doing good stuff with it, uh, but not ready yet. Lacey. If it was a year ago, I would have said the same thing about Lacey. She's come leaps and bounds. The face turn for her has worked fantastic. Um, and, and I think Facey Evans is going to be the new women's money in the bank. Mm. You? It's tough because right now I don't know what they're doing with, with Becky. And I don't know what they're doing with Bailey. And I'm looking at the SmackDown women's division and saying that Lacey is the obvious next contender for the title. Yes. 
why would you give her the money in the bank when she's the obvious next in line? So that's what's confusing about it to me. Okay. I would, I would think the logical choice would be Shayna Baszler because then she can be there like a vulture on Becky saying, if you close your eyes, I will take it from you. I, can't, I couldn't do it straight up, so I'm going to do it the dirty way and cash in on you in your moment of weakness. Um, so I'm going to say Shayna because that is a way more interesting story to me and I feel like Lacey already has an in for the championship. And there's no one to be feuding with Bailey right now, unless Lacey keeps it a long time. See, I Which think, doesn't seem like her character. I think the Sasha Bailey thing, we might be on the precipice of it getting ready to go. And while they're feuding, you can have Lacey orbiting with the briefcase ready to strike. Mm. Uh, while those two are beating the shit out of each other, Lacey swoops in, cashes in, takes the title. That's, 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 that's my logic, if I'm being full transparent here. I, you know what? God damn it, Nick. <laughs> Let this be a, a moment where I go Nick booking. That, that's Nick booking I could see. Yes! That's Nick booking I yes. could see. All right? Yes. Sasha and Bailey fall apart. Lacey, like, and, and Sasha is the next one to get the shot of Bailey, and then Lacey's hanging around and screws them both. Yep. I could see that. That's I want good. Shayna that's and Oscar to go tear the absolute holy hell out of each other on their way to Becky, and I think they're going to be busy doing that. Nia Jax is also going to be in there somehow, but all that's kind of happening over on... Raw. Except yeah. Nia's on, did Nia come back on SmackDown or Raw? I can't remember. It was Raw. What you gonna? What will you do, Nick, if Nia wins the briefcase? Listen, what will you do? Because I've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> I will laugh at you. That's what I will do. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the She's men's not winning the money in the bank. <laughs> um, yeah, but between her and Otis climbing that, climbing that ladder, it's going to be an interesting Sunday. Right. Uh, men's money in the bank. Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio, and Otis Dozovich. Who do you have? Well, go ahead and rattle off the, the plus one for this one as well because it weighs into my decision. No, no. Oh, okay. The, the, the plus one prop is who goes off the top of the – someone going off the damn building. So it was rumored this week that everybody kind of – when Vince said he wants – he wanted – that there's speculation this was going to happen. There was rumor and speculation that Vince – took the plunge himself down onto the mat. Now, I, that's not substantiated Becky Lynch, anywhere. No, Becky Lynch said she watched a 70-something-year-old man go at the top of a building. Yeah. She's, Becky was there, and she says that, uh, basically hinted that Vince, in order to show that it was safe, as Vince does, because Vince is insane, Vince was like, just to make sure that it's safe for everybody else, I'll do it. He threw himself off a building. He threw himself off a damn 10-story building, 7-story building, whatever it is. Of course he and did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and, the, and the fact that they've been saying it over and over and over on the show. Yeah. And to be specific, the reason why we're not asking this about the women's matches is because it's the men who've been saying it, which makes me right. think it's one of the men. Uh, makes me positive. Oh, 100% men. it's the men. It's, the women aren't going over. I Well, I don't know. They could. Um, but I'm just. I'm not saying they couldn't. I think that spot's going to be uh, reserved for. I think it's a guy. Yeah, who it, I trust. It's bad, it's bad optics to throw a chick off the top of a building. Exactly. Just, you know, take your sexism however you want, exactly. but that's bad optics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be awesome. I mean, imagine if they if they toss like Oscar or Shayna off the building. That that'd be rad. Or um, that'd know, be a cool I, stunt. Know, well, just coming off of double ACL surgery. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Throw her right <laughs> off the building. <laughs> 
Um, I, but, I, okay, so, my pick. Okay, your pick for men's money in the bank, and we're since we are like ninety percent sure someone's going off this building. Yeah. Who's going off the damn building? I think AJ Styles is going off the building. Ergo, mm. I'm picking a uh, Alistair Black to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I actually think it might be Corbin that goes off the building. That could be viable as well. I think Corbin goes off. I think just you know what a what what a great way to get back at the heel. Corbin goes off the building. Yep. And everyone's like, oh, thank God! What a great audience pop moment, right? Uh, also, AJ just died, and they did a crap way of bringing him back. So the last thing they need to oh, do no, is Oh, no, 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 no. This, this, totally, uh, this totally ends up with AJ being pitched as immortal because he just got buried, and he just came back. <laughs> and now he's going to get thrown off a building, and now he's going to come back. And it's, it's going to be fantastic. So kind of like the Nature Boy Buddy Rogers and the Nature Boy Ric Flair, now we have the immortal Hulk Hogan and the immortal AJ Styles. Is that what you're saying? Uh, just in different ways. Like <laughs> he's literally immortal. He's been buried alive and thrown off a ten-story building, and he just no sells it. <laughs> <That's> oh. The... <laughs> oh man! Uh, now if they if they truly like three hundred it and this is Sparta and just <laughs> and somebody just like mule kicks him right off the building. That'd be just genius. Oh. If it's Alistair Black, black massing AJ Styles black off, the off the side the of the building, oh, oh. I, am, mwah, I am just going to rage. Slow-mo Hans Rage Gruber nerd fall. out. Just... Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, Alistair Black, for me, AJ goes off the building. The end of Strange Days. Just Yep. Uh, AJ wins the whole thing. Baron Corbin goes off for me. Okay. Um, and then final one plus one prop bet. There's uh, by the way, these plus one prop bets, just one point. Not you don't lose anything if you get it wrong. Yep. Just plus one if you get it right. Uh, any cash ins on this show? Yes or just a yes or no? Not who? Just yes or no? Does anyone cash in on this show? No. Okay. All right. Well, then that's not that. Then that we can just erase that from this because but we agree. Yeah. There's no cash ins um, because that would be ridiculous. We all know there's they're no in Florida. Fans. Like there's no like there's no excitement for it. There's no drama for it. There's plus we don't know the order of the matches and what they're going to be. If they had a championship match later in the show after the ladder matches, yeah, maybe. But I think this if is going to be the big main event. If they do a, if they admit that the Money in the Bank match was was pre filmed, they could have a cash in. True. The problem is, it's we know it's in Stanford, Connecticut. And the PC is in Florida. Yeah, this is not like you know the House of Horrors match where the House of Horrors is wherever the hell it is, but it happens to be twenty minutes from the arena. Right, right in the backwoods, but twenty minutes from the arena, and it's just dumb. We know they're in Connecticut. We know they're in Florida. They're not gonna <laughs> get the briefcase and then five minutes later pin somebody in Florida. Right. Okay, that's not happening. So yeah, I agree. No. No cash in. Couple of super chats here to follow, uh, finalize some things. Uh, Kyle says five bucks in the super chat. I nominate AJ to be WWE's Kenny. Too bad no OC can be Stan, Stan and Kyle. Uh, yeah. Oh Aww. my God! They killed AJ. You bastards! <laughs> you bastards! Um, and then he just shows back up for no reason. Uh, JB yeah. with five bucks in the super chat. Aww. AJ's new gimmick is he dies in a million different ways, but always comes back like nothing happened. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Kenny. Kenny. Exactly. Kenny from South Park. He's, you know, edge of a roof. AJ goes over. Yeah! 
Wilhelm scream. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> 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 walking around backstage. All of a sudden, a whole like a whole a bunch of containers fall on him. It's like everybody just kind of looks and goes, "All right, <laughs> just <keeps> walking." <laughs> Oh, AJ died again. And he, he's just in that weird thing where one leg's behind the other one, and he's that weird pattern. He's just laid out backstage. <laughs> anyway. Well, there you go, guys. There's our pickups for Money in the Bank for tomorrow night. Make sure mm. you're in the Discord to join us for live chat. But now that we're done with that, we've got to close out the show with our segment for Mr. Sean Clark, our moment of positivity. The moment of positivity. Nick, what made you happy this week? What tickled your fancy? What tickled your funny bone? What made you smile? What was the what was the the most positive thing you saw in wrestling over the last few days since our last show? Listen, I love jackass. I love watching okay. people hurt themselves. I know, it's I know one of the reasons I love professional wrestling, specifically hardcore matches, is I get a kick out of watching people hurt themselves. Seeing Sammy Guevara ricochet off that golf cart made me laugh so hard that I, had, I could not see, and I had to pause it, because we can now in streaming, <laughs> rewind it, make sure I really saw what I thought I saw. Yeah. And it wasn't a it, like yes he did protect himself and put his hands up but there was a they were going so fast that there was a whiplash where his forehead actually did hit the thing and it bounced off oh, yeah. and he did Sammy Guevara <laughs> going off the golf cart man and with it being chased down by Kenny Omega I'll get you just that whole sequence <laughs> right there just nothing made me happier this week than, than that uh, fantastic stuff I. I don't want to double up, but I mean, yeah, that was the greatest thing I saw all week, hands down. That made that whole match made me so happy. That was a, definitely a like taking back to grade school and kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> like giggle, oh, you, giggling, kind you of got hit with so the much, golf cart. <laughs> so much insanity. You can tell they're having fun. Yeah. You know, I just to find something else. Jake bringing out the snake, man. Oh yeah, Jake bringing out the snake. That was I marked the hell out, dude. I marked. I'm, you know me. A little too much creepy thrusting for me. That you know me. I love, I, I love me some Jake. Where is he? There is, there's my Jake. Ooh. I love me some Jake, and that man comes out with the python, lays the python on somebody. Oh, I'm gonna mark wh- hashtag phrasing. Oh, that's right. Laying a snake on your mama like a snake charmer. He laying that snake down on Brandy Rhodes. Kept moving it around, so it was like the uh, weird positions. Uh, uh, ah, great. That's great. Love it. Oh, I marked the hell out. That's got to be my moment. If it's if if not the insane match uh, that we saw from uh, from Hardy and Omega in the inner circle, but uh, yeah. my God, uh, th- there was a lot of good stuff. I mean, I could have easily said the Carrying Cross entrance. Yeah. I could have been, you know, how happy I was they didn't have Io Shirai lose to Charlotte Flair. Yeah. I was really happy about that. Um, I'm loving Finn Balor right now in NXT. Uh, we don't have to recap Sonya. the whole show. You, you get one moment. Sonya and Andy. It's, it's a moment. Not I'm just saying, all, there's a lot all, of things. Your moments. I'm saying a lot of things this week. <laughs> and I picked Jake. I'm just saying there's a lot of things. I picked Sammy. It's a good week. All right. Well, there we Damn. go, guys. There's Can our I show for today. Oh, God, no, we're not done just yet. No. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. 
All right. Well, uh, ratings news first, real quickly. AEW at 732,000 with a .28, little up. And NXT, 663,000 with a .18. Good Lord. Uh, Still staying neck and neck. Lost a little bit, but... Two championship matches and a debut, and you can't, you still can't get much higher than you yeah. were. That's not good. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta do something over there. Um, Roman Reigns was interviewed, and he said he's actually away from WWE because of his new twin sons, not because of his immune system. He says his immune system's fine. The doctor says that he's not really, he's not immunocompromised right now. That wouldn't, he wouldn't be in danger necessarily, but he wants to be daddy. Uh, doesn't explain why they're editing him out of all kinds of stuff, not mentioning his name on TV, not showing his image at all. Not even rolling the opening promo intro thing on SmackDown last night. Nope. They are not showing Roman at all, and that's a little bit bizarre. But then again, Vince McMahon is a bizarre man, and he may have some reasons that we don't understand. Listen, we don't get to be upset about Roman being shoved down our throats for the last five years and then be upset when he's not on TV. (laughs) We have to pick one, Good point. All right, yeah, calm down. Which, which, one, which one are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's, I'm just saying it's peculiar. I'm not saying how I feel about it one way or the other. It's just odd. Yeah. It's odd that he was shoved down our throat for five years, and now whoosh, yeah. he's gone. AJ Styles was also, he was, uh, he was uh, streaming, and I guess he was asked about his return. And, uh, from, and he agreed. Remember how we kind of tore that apart, Nick? We had tore apart the AJ Styles return as yeah. just being a waste. Yep. Uh, there's so much, so much you could have done, and it's just like, poof, he's back. He's like, well, I survived, and it didn't matter. Well, apparently, AJ Styles agrees. Uh, he agrees that his return from the Boneyard match sucked. He says, I've heard people say, well, I mean, you kind of just wasted it. Styles was buried alive. He could have come back as a different character, in a different mood, a different look, something different. He came back, and he was exactly the same as before he got buried. I'm with you. So AJ Styles also thought it was lame the way he came back which is good because it's true. And one wonders because, uh, you know, the, the scuttlebutt is he's pretty upset about Gallows and Anderson being released and kind of being misused while they were there. So one wonders if AJ is feeling a little bit disgruntled with the old company as well. One wonders. Christian uh, has said that he was not in the WrestleMania build for the Edge match because he's on the no contact list. Not no contact, like, don't talk to Christian. Obviously, he still works for the company and comes on and does commentary from time to time and opens shows and whatnot. He's on the no contact list. Like, you can't make contact with him. You can't, he can't take bumps. He can't even take oh. – you can't, you can't do anything with him. So they felt that it was pointless to have him come out if he wasn't going to take a bump and basically be sacrificed to Randy Orton for Edge the way that Beth Phoenix was. So that's why he was not part of the build. But – um, apparently he's appealing it, and we may see Christian back at some point. A lot of people are getting off that no-contact list these days, so we shall see, uh, especially with Randy and Edge coming back on Monday. That might be something that feeds in the next uh, part of their feud, so we shall hmm. see. Bye-bye SummerSlam, possibly. What? At least their location is going bye-bye. The Boston mayor, the mayor of Boston, has said that there will be no events, no big public events, until after Labor Day. That's in September. And SummerSlam, of course, is in August. So SummerSlam may have to find a new venue to be at because they ain't going to have it in Boston. That's what it's looking like, at least. So we may have another Performance Center SummerSlam. Or they, or who knows? If we're, it doesn't look like we're going to be allowed to have big groups like that by August. 
I mean, so, I'll, I'll tell you guys in the in the te- in the high tech industry that I work in, all events are canceled for the remainder of the year. They're all going digital. They're all going virtual. So, for the remainder of the whole year. Yeah, at least. We, at least we, that's one of the last things that's going to reopen is is the big events. Yeah, and yeah, some of those so. they range from ten thousand to sixty to one hundred and fifty thousand people. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're not going to let people cram into the Moscone Center in downtown San Francisco. And in all the Gotta hotels, breathe, breathe on all all over each other. Right. Yeah. No. Um, Stephanie McMahon sold about one seventh of her stock in WWE this week for uh, a nice, cool one point zero two million dollars. Earlier in the week, Triple H also sold a similar amount. Uh, no reason given as to why they sold that much stock. Maybe they need, they need liquidity. Nor Maybe should they, they be required planning. to. No, no. If no, they're, no, if they're doing it legally, they, there's no reason they should be, have to disclose that. Maybe they want to pay off their house. Interesting to note. Maybe, yeah. yeah, it's it's maybe they haven't had as much cash income during this time like the rest of us, and they just needed some liquidity. But just worthy. Maybe maybe worthy they're note. taking it out to uh, loan it to dad to pay off uh, Mr. Luck. Who knows? Oh, oh, low blow, Nick. Sorry. I'm just going to say, but if I'm just going to say, if WWE is sold to, to uh, ESPN next week or Disney, Next week, then it's going to look a lot more suspicious. Oh, totally. Right now, they would get done for know. insider trading at that point. Oh, big, yeah. big time. Stocks back on the big rise time. too, by the way. Well, everything's back on the rise now. Oh, yeah. uh, they are also set to host the Quest for Lost WWE Treasures on A and E starting up pretty soon, where they go around and find lost WWE treasures and also open up the vaults over in WWE and show all kinds of memorabilia that happens to be sitting in their warehouses. And we get to see all kinds of old props that we have, like Vince McMahon's cement-filled car and Andre's boots and stuff like that. So, sounds like a pretty cool show for WWE nerds, actually. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching the shit out of it. Uh, I said A&E, but AEW got fined $10,000 by the Maryland Athletics Commission. We mentioned that this was, this was in process before. Now it's been confirmed. They were officially fined $10,000. Because of the Omega and Moxley unsanctioned lights out match, because of the blood, because uh, they actually bleed, they actually bled. They didn't do uh, they didn't do blood capsules, and they weren't able to prove that uh, it wasn't real blood because it was. And apparently in Maryland, they still think that wrestling's a freaking sport that should be uh, uh, regulated in this way. I actually read the thing like they know wrestling's not a sport, but they still treat it like one. Uh, why? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, they got fined ten thousand freaking dollars by Maryland because they had a wrestling match that had some some real gigging in it. Who cares? Uh, Move on. Next. Well, they do because that's ten thousand dollars. You know, no one wants to get fined ten thousand dollars. It's not a ton for a billionaire company like that, but it's still like it's a come sneeze. on, come on. It's pay, still pay the fine, and we enjoyed the hell out of that match. You know. Yeah, but at the same time, like. I, some of, these, some of these laws are just so bass-ackwards and ancient, outdated. Yep. New Japan has canceled the best of the Super Juniors. Damn it. They had to do it. They wanted to wait. They waited as long as possible, but they had to cancel it. They also canceled Wrestle Dynasty at Madison Square Garden this August, pushing it back to next year. So stuff still falling by the wayside there. Uh, but in positive news from New Japan, Kazuchika Okada, being the stud that he is, has donated 5 million yen, which is about $47,000, to supporting the frontline workers who are fighting uh, this situation over in Japan. That's nurses and, and uh, healthcare workers, 
essential people. So he's he has donated $47,000 to a charity to help for that. So good good guy, Kazuchika Okada, doing good guy things. A mm. um, couple more quick things. Listen to Talk is Jericho this week. The Revolt are on there talking about their time in WWE and what they're going to do now. Good, A good listen for sure, especially if you like the previous iterations like Matt Hardy and John Moxley and other people that are disgruntled that left WWE. It's more of the same, and it confirms a lot of the things you were afraid of. Yep. And finally, happy birthday to Io Shirai, Aww. who turned dirty 30 yesterday. Happy birthday to the genius of the sky, Io Shirai. And Nick, that is the news. Well, thank you very much. Happy birthday, Io Shirai. And thank you, Surian Dangerous. Thank you guys in the chat live here on YouTube where we stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and every Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. It's YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and got your notifications turned on because we're making some good changes and we want you guys to make sure you're here live when we do these it's much more fun the youtube show versus the podcast lots of fun and i'm sure everybody that hangs out in the chat for every show can vouch for that you can also follow us over on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast come find us over on facebook just search for busted wide open like our page and send us a join request to get into the front door you'll just have to check in with sheriff mcdonald and our newest deputies of andy jessup and lyle frailing hat tip to all of our law enforcement <laughs> that takes Indeed. care of our group for us. Thank you guys so much for all you do. I really appreciate it, and I know Ian does as well. And last but certainly Damn not right. least, we're about to head over and do our patron mailbag show uh, right Ooh-wee. after this one, but to get in on some of that, you got to be at least at the $5 tier over at patreon.com slash BWO. It's the best way to support the show. Uh, you get all kinds of exclusives over there, uh, bonus episodes and Skype calls at the higher tiers, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. All these links can be found in the description below here on YouTube if you're watching, uh, and they can also be found over at BWOpodcast.com. And, Nick, really quickly, I do have to jump in real fast. We did have one uh, little bit of super chat in here. Esme throwing in the five bucks, saying she's excited for the SmackDown Fist on the Treasure Show. Uh Hell yeah. yeah. I'm that guy that watches it. the YouTube shows and the thing where the old men go into barns and find old wrecked cars and that from the 20s and 30s. And I am dying to see this quest for lost WWE treasures. It's right up my alley. I love I'm just hoping thing. that she's just excited to see it and she's not excited to get fisted by the SmackDown. Anyway, Cut, moving hey, on. Cut. She's excited for the SmackDown fist. I'm just I'm uh, wondering. On that bombshell, my name is Nick Howell. I, you can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.